welcome to How to Waste Your Time. This is the monthly show where me, Holden Hintz, and my co-host, Darren Equipado, waste your time. Or rather, tell you how to waste your time. But essentially, yes, this is wasting time. If you're only listening to this, I repeat, you are wasting your time right now. Is it an effective waste of time? Some could argue. It is an effective waste of time. But please, do something else. If you like, go, go for a run. Like, do something that, like, requires 90% of your brain, and then give us 10%. That's all can we need. Get, can I get an audience uh, 10 jumping jacks? Consecutive 10 jumping jacks? I'll give you, I'll give you uh, what, 10 seconds? A 10 second. seconds for 10, 10 jumping jacks? That's, those are rapid. They're quick, man. They're quick. You got to get them out quick, dude. You got to hustle back to the show. Can I get a jumping jack in the chat, please? <laughs> uh, it's so great to have you here. Uh, so great to have you listening and uh, breathing. Have you alive? Because it's a, it's a beautiful day today. It's nice. It's uh, beautiful. Uh, opened up the day with a lot of clouds, and then it cleared out, and now it's just nice and cool. Nice and cool, just like you for listening to the show. Nice and cool. And with that, we have a big show update. Nothing is going to change for all of our listeners at home. However, there's a big change coming in for the How to Waste Your Time community. What's going to happen is... The Draft Punks Podcasting Network is going to accept us into their fold as one, as their own child, as from fruit from their loins, and they're going to open up a channel uh, just for us on the Draft Punks Discord. So if you're not already a part of the Draft Punks Discord, go ahead and join. We'll put a little invite that you might just have to copy and paste or click depending on what podcast medium you're listening on. Um, but go ahead and join the Draft Punks uh, server and find the How to Waste Your Time channel on the column on the left, and you can react to all of our new episodes. You can give us uh, things to watch, consume, listen to. Basically, it's going to become a community discussion pool where we can talk to our fans, our fans can talk to us, um, and it just is, it's going to somewhat replace the email um, it's still, the email's still going to exist, but it's not like it's really being used. So, uh, we're going to have a little bit more of a throughput communication rather than just one way like it was with the emails. Yeah. Drop us some gifts. Drop us some gifts. Um, uh, what else is good? Uh, send a picture of your lunch. Uh, we're taking uh, how to waste your carbonation recommendations as well. Yeah. So- if you got some carbonation, drop some carbonation in the chat. Absolutely. Carbonation is a big part of this show now. Um, my wife, Stephanie, has declared that's her contribution to the show. Um, so it seems like every month we're going to have it a waste of your carbonation. So if you give us some sort of recommend or something for her to hunt out for in the coming month, then she will find it and make sure that we consume it for your, your liking, for your interest. Um, today, here's a little teaser for the back end because we're going to keep the How to Waste Your Carbonation in the back end of the show. We have the Mountain Dew voodoo mystery flavor for 2022 so if you had voodoo before it's different this year every year it's different i guess sometimes sometimes when we read the names of sodas i was like this is an ad we just did an ad we just did a free ad uh it seems like we are going to have the uh, mountain dew 2022 voodoo mystery flavor limited edition uh brought to you by smart label Uh, there's a qr code on the back Uh, caffeine content 91 milligrams that's PepsiCo. Pepsi. Mountain Dew's PepsiCo? Mountain Dew's Pepsi? 
It is under the authority of the Pepsi bottled under the authority of PepsiCo Incorporated out of New York. <laughs> what a life oh. we're what a life we're living. Oh, so thank you to those guys once again. <clears throat> yes, for big, providing us with soda. Big, big, big ups <laughs> to the to the PepsiCo organization. Uh, is it PepsiCo Incorporated? Was it what's Co Company? Pepsi Company? Pepsi Pepsi Company. It's got to be Pepsi Company Incorporated. That's kind of a mouthful. You gotta, you gotta bring that down. <laughs> mouthful of PepsiCo. Okay, on to movies. So <laughs> hey, uh, we just wanted to say thank you to our our draft punks overlords for bringing us into their fold. And with that excellent uh, segue that I trampled over. Dry, what did you watch th- this month for movies? This month is interesting. We got we got a two birds with one stone situation. Um, coming in hot off the press. Um, Kid Cudi's Netflix original, Intergalactic. Yeah, Intergalactic was one that I wanted to watch, uh, because the animation looks like it's fun. It's almost like uh, Into the Spider Verse. It's very, it, it is very close to Into the Spider Verse. I'll keep the music out of this. It does follow a uh new album of his as well. So as far as the uh starting off strong, um setting, uh also. Very similar to Into the Spider Verse, um, of of your of your Brooklyn neighborhoods, Brooklyn, Brooklyn born and raised, Brooklyn. Um, uh, the animation is is great. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, they took the um, probably thirty two frames per second uh, stylistic choice. Okay. Um. So it's it, there's some parts that are very <clears throat> very shuddery, and it's jarring. And very, it, it takes you out of the mix, but also it it, it adds to the uh, psychedelic nature, I, I guess, of the film. Um, the colors are very vibrant. Yes, um, Kikuti is drawn as a fresh, spry, young twenty-five-year-old. Ooh, very well, interesting. What he wishes he was. What I wish he was. Um, Do you want to be the same age as Kid Cudi? <laughs> then you wouldn't have grown up with him. No, 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 I want I want him to go backwards. Me stay the same. You want him to de-age? De-age, yeah, de-escalate. Do you, if you had to guess how old Kid Cudi is, what? what we looked it up. He's he's mm-hmm. like uh, he's in his late thirties. Yeah, give me a. Oh, you already looked it up. There's, there's no there's no fun to this guessing game that I'm gonna put you on. Um, he's a, he's about eighty five years old. <laughs> You're so wrong. You freaking idiot. Thirty eight, <laughs> Dimbus. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, um, it it follows your. Actually, it follows your cookie cutter relationship, um, uh, rom com story probably to the tightest T. Um, boy, boy, uh, meets his ex out on the night, and um, they have relations, and then he realizes his ex is not that good of a person. So then he meets a new girl, and then ex retaliates and uh throws a wrench into new girl situation a big blow up a boy wins her back with a burger and uh end of the movie so you just spoiled everything so no one has to watch it is that what you're trying to do i i think the reason that anyone else would watch it is because they like kid cuddy and his music mm-hmm. um is if it- you're if you're a fan of animated movies you're probably not going to watch this if you're a fan of uh romantic comedies you're probably not going to watch this if you're a fan of stoner movies, you might watch this. Might. 
if it's on your radar? Um, here's the thing. Is it just a long animated music video? It absolutely is. Okay. There, there's, I mean, there's, yeah, I think there's a music video for every song. Mm. Essentially. Um, some, some do play as like the backing track. There is an intro. Um, so I mean, the, beyond the, um, you know, sort of the regular rom-com narrative, what I got out of it was a, <clears throat> do you want to clear your throat into the mic one more damn time while we're recording? It was about a 70 out of 100. Okay. 70 out of 100. So what you're telling me is I should not. I should not go see it. I should not pull. I should not pull it up on the Netflix. I mean, it's um, good. Seventy's good, right? It's, it's good. It passes a good threshold. It goes from fine to good. It goes but, from fine to good. But I'm just seventy tells me it's it's my, maybe just not worth my time. It's maybe just not worth your time. There's definitely better movies if you're looking for that right now. There's definitely better movies out. Yeah, because I think I think uh, you know, for just getting meta here on the on the rating scales. I think once we start getting above seventy five, it's like okay, now we're you know, you're, it's something that you should check it out if you're interested. That's how I think. That's how I kind of think of seventy-five. Yeah, but now seventy—that's like almost a sixty-nine, almost fine, almost okay. Which is like, it's just gonna be fun for the right people. Exactly. Okay, bro. Would you watch it in? So here's the thing. I had two. I got two things I wanted to talk about, but I'm just gonna choose. I'm gonna just choose one right now. So we watched Nope, but here's the problem. For whatever reason, my daughter kept waking up in the middle of the night. My wife fell asleep, and I was like, "You still like?" It took us three nights to watch Nope. Nope isn't even long of a movie. It was like a two-hour movie, but it just wasn't. It wasn't working out. Sounds so, like the life. So, it, I enjoyed my time with Nope, but I think I don't have a skewed view because I didn't watch it in one take. Um, I think it's a great movie, but it's also I want to keep people in the dark. So it's an eighty for me. It's great. How do you like the night shots? They were visible. It was cool. Looked good. I mean, you haven't seen the movie. What do you mean about the night shots? So they're uh, all the shots that are at night are shot during the day, and then on on film, and then they use a separate camera to measure infrared light, and that's how they uh, they light it in. <coughs> they light it in post. <laughs> this is a rough podcast for you. Uh, they light it in post with uh, the infrared camera as a as a reference guide. For the light. Interesting. Well, that, thank you for that fun fact on Nope. But this is not the movie we're going to be talking about, okay? <laughs> so, um, die over there in the corner. Um, do you need water? Or am I... I think I'm good. Okay. I'm just going to push through. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all pushing through with you. Have the audience, me, you in, into the microphone, we're all pushing through. Um, so, we're not talking about Nope. Um, again, you going blind, just, just enjoy what you, what you saw. I, I was kind of like, whoa, this is what this movie is about when I saw it. Uh, instead we're going to talk about something you probably have never heard of because that's what this podcast is good at. It's good at giving you some wrecks and that's what we want to talk about. I'm going to be talking about drug war. Um, is it some type of, uh, war against, uh, drugs? No. Uh, so, Drug War is a movie directed by Johnny To. He's one of my favorite Chinese directors. He's he's prolific and he's not he doesn't get enough uh, accolades for his his movies. He's probably directed at least thirty good ones. I've seen like a handful. Um, 
but Drug War is a movie about a cop in China that goes undercover to uh, bring down this drug ring. That's how the movie starts off. And then one of the members of this drug ring that he, he cracks down on says, whoa, 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 I got, there's more people. There's more people. And he's like, just, 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 I got, I got some people I'm meeting later today. And he's like, okay, okay. So the undercover cop goes with the actual, you know, drug. He, he basically has his own like facility where he's like <laughs> cooking. Turn, turns informant. Yeah. He's cooking meth and yada, yada, yada. So he's, he's, you know, undercover has a wire and whatnot. And the cop is, you know, whatever. But the real magic comes when the cop meets one of the guys that, that he has to impersonate. So he meets this like his this character named Haha, who's like just this super f- like happy go lucky like fun character, um, and then basically immediately turns around like right after they stop meeting and pretends to be him in the meeting with a big wig. So like you, they keep moving up the chain of this like this drug empire, and he keeps portraying this like f- this character named Haha who's constantly laughing and constantly on edge, and um, the movie is extremely gripping. It is really great, um, super solid action scenes. Johnny Toe is like really inspired by like Western television, so he loves CSI, he loves like NCIS, and he like you can hear it in a lot of the score that's used. But it's still like has a very Chinese feel. It's like Hong Kong uh, inspired. Um, it, it, it's a really really cool movie. Uh, just that's like super specific to China's infrastructure. Uh, that I, I obviously don't have a strong knowledge understanding. Never been to China, but it's cool to see a glimpse of it, and it's cool to see it like Hollywoodized and Westernized, and just just a lot of fun. It's the the places the movie goes are like whoa. Yeah, I have a, I currently have a deep desire to, um, watch Jackie Chan movies, uh, pre two thousands. Um, I keep seeing people refer to them as like some of the kind of just greatest action movies uh of our generation have so, you seen police story i've seen police story that's maybe that's once one. or twice so i like those are for sure like on the list like i need to go rewatch those yeah because there's there's like three i think yeah oh hold on <laughs> there's five there's <laughs> five police okay stories. so there's police... i swear i've only watched maybe two of them police story 1985 and then police story 2 1988 and then we get Play Story 3 Super Cop. This looks like it's still like in Chinese. Play Story 4 First Strike 1996. Um okay. And then we have New Police Story 2004. This looks like it was created for a American audience. American audience. Um and then we have Play Story Lockdown from 2013, definitely for an American audience. Um and then we have Crime Story, 1993, also Jackie Chan. Yeah, those those three police stories, I, I feel like those are going to be right in my zone, where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. That, they, that's, from everything I'm seeing, I think that's, that's, the, uh, that's the Jackie Chan classics. I mean, when, I, when I'm thinking about Chinese movies, I, I just want them to uh, give, me, give me that feeling. Give me Police Story 2 feeling. Yeah. What about um Legend of the Drunken Master? That's Legend of the Drunken Master is is lovely. Um there's uh one of, one of my favorite stunts of his in there is the, him uh 
drunkenly falling into like a a bed of hot coals um that that I can't that 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 stunt is like embedded in my mind for sure um yeah I think uh Johnny Toe is definitely inspired by um Jackie Chan films and you yeah can, I mean most most Chinese media like is it's very specific um and yes. for 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 good and bad um and I mean, what's the rating? I gotta. I feel like I gotta go see this. So, Drug Wars in '86. It's absolutely great. Um, I would say it's a it's a must see. Um, it's it was released in 2012, so it still feels like pretty modern. Like nothing like is too out of place. There's a couple goofy hairstyles. Um, there's just a couple goofy things that happen. Like, but constantly the unexpected happens. And I wonder that's, if I could find a a, a dub. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, sure the dub would be make, level up the goofy. I'm sure the dub would just ruin all of these actors' excellent performances. Uh, <laughs> but you're right; it will feel goofy, and absolutely because it's already kind of a. There's some goofy moments. It's, it's like a Memories of a Murder. You know, there's some goofy moments. Oh, but right. it's old. Yeah, no, it's no. old. You'll you'll like it. Drug war. Run run to your um your computer and Google it. The army has nothing to fear. In the world of television, I got House of the Dragon season one. Um, this is going to be a brief conversation because a you haven't watched any Game of Thrones, correct? Correct. Have you my, read any Game of Thrones? My brain is untainted. Have I read any novels? Novels. Uh, the Song of Ice and Fire, anything like that? No. Okay. Uh, this will be brief. Um, there's, there's, I I would say House of the Dragon is more, the the reason why the show is called Game of Thrones, you know why? Um, it's, uh, it's essentially a political drama of the, uh, of these few kingdoms or something or another. Sure. So the Iron Throne, you've seen that, right? It's got the swords and stuff in it. Sean Bean. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the person who rules over Westeros, which is like all of these lands, is the person who sits on the Iron Throne. So that's what they call the Game of Thrones, because it's like, who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? That's all anyone cares about. In the actual Game of Thrones, it, it never really is a fight for who's going to sit on the Iron Throne. It doesn't ever really seem like it's about that. It's all about like subplots and like other families, and like there's another like whole big factoring thing that happens that they're trying to stop, yada, yada. House of the Dragon is actually about that. Like The whole entire show is about who's sitting on the Iron Throne. Like who is the successor? Who's gonna, who's the successor after that? What does that mean? Who are the bloodlines? Um, the the whole entire show revolves around the Targaryen family, which is a um, if you've ever watched or seen Daenerys Targaryen, she's the dragon rider. They're the dragon family. That's what they call it, House of the Dragons. So they everyone has. If you're born, you have a dragon. You have a little egg, little baby dragon, and it gets big. Little egg you wear around your neck. Claim your dragon. Become a little dragon rider. Ride a little dragon around. Hiccup. Yeah, there's there's a scene in the, one of the later episodes that the showrunner said, I watched um, Jurassic Park and I watched How to Train Your Dragon to kind of understand how to um, choreograph this scene. That's pretty sick. And it definitely has some How to Train Your Dragon moments for I'm, sure. I'm there. I'm there. Um, the show moves incredibly fast. It's got a, a breakneck pace. Uh, there's several time jumps because they're trying to... The show starts off, your, the main protagonist, Rhaenyra's Targaryen, is like, I think 14, 
13, 14. And there's several time jumps that get her into late adulthood by the end of the show. So it goes all the way till she's like 35 and has children who are, who are kind of grown. So it, it's, it's, it's covers like a, almost feels like 20, 25 years span. Um, a lot of betrayal, a lot of fighting over, you know, a lot of conspiring, a lot of, uh, death and whatnot. Um, very good. Great. I listened to a podcast, uh, the official HBO House of the Dragon podcast, and it's these two goons just going back and forth after every episode, like, da, 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 da. I, I read the book, I didn't read the book, da, da, da. and they interviewed they interviewed different actors and different like um, writers and some of the directors of certain episodes, and so that was kind of interesting to hear some of those people's feedback, um, and so I, I engrossed myself in the House of the Dragon. I really liked it. Um, I think it's got good, good cinematics. It's a lot more visible. Some of the stuff in Game of Thrones was kind of tough to see. It was so dark. Um, but, but it's great stuff. Really good action. I definitely would highly recommend it for anyone who liked Game of Thrones. It feels like a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more like we're not veering off on different families, different like, like they reference big family names from Game of Thrones. But this is 150 years in the, in the past. I guess I should say it's a prequel right. to Game of Thrones. That's so, what I wanted to ask you. Um I have I have no interest in trying to watch Game of Thrones. That's fine. Um, could I watch this? And if I did, would it give me interest to watch Game of Thrones, in your opinion? Great question. I actually love that question because I haven't thought about it before this moment. Um, I'm going to say, yes, you absolutely could watch um, House of the Dragon with no prior experience of knowledge of anything. It helps to know, like, what is Westeros? That's like the continent, basically, is Westeros. Like, it helps to know some of these buzzwords. Uh, some of these, like, uh, if they say a family name, like the Stark family or the um, Baratheon or the um, Lannisters, it helps to know, like, oh, those are big families. Um, because then when they reference them, it's like, oh, okay. So there's some prior knowledge going in, but you, as long as you know, oh, that's just another family in Westeros and another land, um, you honestly should be fine. I think there's enough there, all new characters, um, really tangible storylines. Damon Targaryen is one of the most interesting characters we've had um in all of like the thrones series he's just he's played by matt smith who's the one of the the doctors from doctor who and he just like totally plays out of his mind um so i, I would say yeah you you can go in and if will it make you interested in watching game of thrones i mean maybe i would say if you liked at the end of uh, house of dragon and you haven't seen any of game of thrones watch season one of game of thrones you'll see how different they are how much like they fo- that, yeah, that'll be kind of the temperature test. Yeah, because season one really goes on a lot of different paths. And like it talks about children of the Stark family. And it, it really goes a very different way than how House of Dragon is right now. But season one, by the time, like at the end of season one of House of Dragon, I'm like, oh, damn. Season two is going to be crazy. And that's like a good way to end a season, the first season of a show. How, how, how do you think the longevity will hold up for House of Dragon? Well, I think they said they wanted to tell the story over four seasons, which I think is perfect. Um, there's still a lot to be told. Um, they said that there's no time jumps in the second season, which is nice because it, it can be a little confusing. Uh, they don't. The director even commented on this. He said, "Hey, this from one episode to the next, there's a time jump, and no one, nothing's explained about it, which is kind of nice because sometimes it's annoying when it's like exposition right at the start." It's been 10 years since I've seen you. It's like, okay, 10 years have jumped. You know what I mean? It's really like on the nose in your face. So instead it's just like, hey, figure out that this much time has passed. This person has this thing. There's these children from here. 
who who this child actor became that child actor because they grew up five years had passed between the two episodes um yada 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 and so you use context clues and you kind of have to like pick it up at your own pace does lead to a little bit of confusion i heard somebody say they had to pull up a family tree mid-episode to figure out what's going on because some of the names can be confusing there's like three Aegon targaryens because that's just the targaryen family uses the same name viserys targaryen in one area there's another viserys targaryen in another area so it's just like it's it is easy to be a little confusing with the, the jargon of it all uh but just following the spectacle following like like you said a little bit of a, a political drama uh, i'm giving this a great 83 i think it's a great first season i think sex season has even more potential to be better um you know more dragons more combat um more character development there's definitely some development there's some regression um there's cool characters that got introduced like halfway through the season so you watch four episodes without knowing who this character is and then you learn about them you're like okay i wish i had more time with them but it's just part of the time jump life uh but yeah i think you should give it a give it a give it a little check i think abby might like it it's kind of it's pretty graphic but uh if she's good with that then i'll I'll test it i'll test the waters it there is a few, there's three three or four childbirths um and they're varying in, in graphicness um but it, the the director also commented on that. He said it's funny how people get squeamish around childbirth on scene on screen, but not beheadings. Like you yeah, can watch a beheading, death, yeah. You can watch someone's head get chopped off and be like, oh, that's fine. I don't have to look away. Yeah. But because like childbirth is so long and gruesome and painful, and like you have to look away. And I recommend anyone who's pregnant, yeah, absolutely look away. It's horrific. It's it's a very real showing of like how intense it is. Interesting. Bookmark it. Bookmark it. What did you watch on the tube? Plucked right out of your list, brother. Um, we're diving into Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. And this is a anthology of short films based in the horror genre, yeah? Yeah, I would even go to say they're all extremely Lovecraftian. Um, cool. One of them specifically, I believe, is written by H.P. Lovecraft. My guy, my my favorite racist. Um, and it opens every episode opens up with uh, Guillermo walking out of a a black curtain kind of like scene, and then the cabinets there, and then he pulls different props out, and it's very it's very entertaining to see his face. He, he I want to say. He's probably one of the goofiest looking men, <laughs> but Did not you, even, it's not even because he looks goofy is because his, vo- his accent yeah, is it's so just, intensely it's strong, so thick, <laughs> but he, he can totally pull off like white dude from Indiana as well at the exact same time. <laughs> Did you get to, uh, his character in uh, death stranding? Yeah. Yeah. Die hard man. <laughs> yeah. Die hard man. So great. Like, like funky suit, like always has the leather gloves on. And it, it, I think the one thing the most goofy about his appearance is definitely his glasses. Cause he, he definitely <laughs> They're has a huge, he, he definitely has a bug eye kind of look to him. And then it's enhanced with glasses. I think if he didn't have glasses, he'd look totally normal, but he, he, he definitely looks into your soul when he speaks to you. And, uh, that's my second favorite part of the show is just goofy little twilight, uh, a twilight zone intro. And he's like, in the directories, uh, Eli Montaigne. His and eyes it, it, are so buggy. Yeah. He's like, sometimes the darkness uh, <laughs> will reach us when we least expect it. 
And it's like, oh man, this is so entertaining. It, it gets you, it really gets you hyped every episode. Um, um, I misspoke, guys. I how could I make this egregious mistake? He didn't play Die Hard Man. He played Dead Man. How De- could I? Dead Man. <laughs> how could I have made that mistake? Kojima. I'm so how could I have been confused? So stupid. I'm so sorry, Idiot. Kojima. All right, let's let's continue talking about my favorite Mexican. Um. Yes. So, uh, a lot of the stories are, I, I mean, pretty typical. Um, you're, you know, a haunted house, poltergeist, mm-hmm. uh, a beast living in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one episode on here that is, I would consider, a sci-fi horror. Okay, I mean, now you're speaking my language. Um, it is episode three, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll lead I'll lead you into this as hard as I can, brother. Episode three is a one hundred out of one hundred. Wow, so easily it is one hundred out of one hundred. One of the best episodes of television I've seen this year. And what's it titled? Um, that one is titled "The Autopsy." The Autopsy. Wow. Um, I for uh reasons of being 100 I'm not going to sub- spoil a single cent of it. Um that episode is perfectly paced. The acting is uh incredible. Um it's it's just so convincing. The uh effects are uh realistic. Um all the makeup is realistic. Um yeah, and then as far as the writing goes, it re- really like it just it's just like it from the first half it's very as it's just great pace and you believe all these characters and then the second half um like really holds no punches. Um all the characters get fully developed and uh take their nice character rounds um and it ends on just a just a perfect note. I, I can't tell you uh how much this is a hundred out of a hundred without you watching it. F. Murray Abraham's in it. I love him. Mm-hmm. And he also starred in uh Guillermo del Toro's nineteen ninety seven movie Mimic. So to think maybe if in nineteen ninety seven he wasn't in that movie with uh Guillermo, he may have never been in yes. and produced helped produce one of the uh the greatest episodes of television ever, it sounds like. So I'll I'll just quickly run through um my other ratings, which would be episode one is an 83, two okay. is a 76, okay. three 100, four is a 75, five is a 70, six is a 69. Okay. And then we'll finish off seven and eight uh, with a couple Grady's, eight zeros. Okay. And so you're averaging out for your whole feelings on the entire series, the cabinet of curiosity. Um, we'll, we'll stay, we'll uh, hold tight at an 86. Okay. Um, super great. Um, there are definitely some episodes that lack more than the others. Clearly, yeah, clearly. Um, it's really hard to compete with that episode three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, high bar. Honorable mention would be uh, episode seven, which is also sort of a uh science fiction horror. Um, but that one has Eric Andre in it, oh, and wow. um, he steals it for sure. He absolutely steals it. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the episode does kind of revolve around him, even though he's not the main protagonist, he's definitely like a side character. Um, but yeah, I I couldn't just help but look at him and, and smile while he's on screen. So, uh, it's definitely worth a watch even inside or outside spooky time, spooked umber. 
It's it's a great show. Spooktober. Spooktember? Is that what I said? <laughs> that is what you said. We're well past Spooktember. We're into Spookvember. Spookvember. It is Spookvember. Has sports always been the third in our conversation? I feel like, I feel like, man, sports. All right, well, <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, quick with this because it's we're talking about two sports that haven't even really got going yet. Well, it's gonna be a, a quick little jaunt through the uh, athletic world, which is important because I feel like we often spend too much time in sports. People are like that's the only part that I skip. Look, you barely got to skip anything this time. All right. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the uh, NBA season, um, which we're only we're only a few weeks in. Uh, but I wanted to touch on it because the Portland Trailblazers started off the season four and zero. Then we became five and one, and we were still the best best record in the league. Uh, we did beat teams like the Mavericks, the Lakers. I just watched the game last night. We lost to the Grizzlies. Granted. Dame is out. Damian Lillard. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm happy with the start. I, I didn't have high expectations for our season, but we got some uh, some key player. Jeremy Grant looks great. Um, and I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying some of the addition. Shane Sharp, I think, is a shoo-in for the dunk contest. So, like, for all you uh, dunk fans out there, keep keep your eyes out for Shane Sharp. Any of you dunk heads in the stands? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any, any of you uh, people who like some, some prop bets? Uh, Shane Sharp. Uh, He's looking forward to All-Star Weekend. He's got some crazy dunk. Let's tell you, tell you what. Um, Anthony Sim- Simons, Simon says. He's, he's, Simons? Simons. He's took a big step up. Um, he's, he's now starting in the place of CJ McCollum. So, um. It's it's a it's it's looking up for this season, but I don't I don't have high hopes. I think we're gonna fall off. But if <laughs> if Dame plays MVP caliber like he did with forty one points back to back games, Blazers are looking good. It, it seems like a a hot start story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a um, title of my uh, sex tape. Hot start and a, a little fizzle ending. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, they are the they are the trailblazers, so maybe they'll Blaze just high. maybe they'll just keep that temp for the season. That would be nice to see. Um, uh, being the Laker fan, I am. Um, mm-hmm. it's winter, it's winter time. You know, the lakes are cold, <laughs> yeah. cold, cold, cold lakes. Cold, fro- fro- nearly frozen over. Cold two and five. Cold two and five. Frozen uh, over. Uh, decrepit uh, with age. Yeah, um, let me let me ask you this. Is there any value in this world for Russell Westbrook? Uh, I don't know. So there's that story that um, that one guy, I, his name's not important, but he got traded for um, a bunch of money and a couple picks. And mm-hmm. then uh, it doesn't even matter where he got traded to, but that um, organization bought a copy machine. I don't even know if Russell Res- Russell Westbrook has that much value. Um, Bro, they don't even have them starting. Ugh. No, absolutely not. They're start, they're starting Lonnie Walker the fourth over him. Yeah, Lonnie's my boy. <laughs> it's a it's That's a total harsh. it's a total. Um, I mean, you can talk to any uh, uh, 
commentator, any type of uh, sports, NBA sports affiliated uh, mm-hmm. announcer, mm-hmm. and they could have told you that uh, Russell Westbrook is not a good look, um, not a good investment. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> for sure, not a good investment. But you know, you know, Lakers got Lakers got shmoney, dude. Lakers gonna lake. Lakers, Lakers do be laking. Um, so. It's worth noting their new shining star is Austin Reeves. He's a, a 24-year-old from the University of Oklahoma. A uh, little white guy, shot, shot guard, 6'5". He's uh, cool. He is cool. I do like him. Yeah, I think he's in his second season with the Lakers, but they're giving him a lot more play time. Like, this last game, he had 34 minutes. and Those are starting minutes. Those are st- he's on the, he's on the bench. Those are starter minutes, and Anthony Davis at thirty seven. Patrick Beverly starting the game twenty seven minutes. <laughs> Here we go. Ready for the stat line for for for, for Pat. There we go. So uh, against the uh, they won this game actually against the Pelicans. Uh, Pat Bev zero from three from the field. Didn't shoot any threes. Four rebounds, three assists, zero points. <laughs> they won but, that game with a buzzer beater. Oh, did they? They did. Yeah. Wow. Final in OT. That was slick. It was slick. It was some dude that I also don't know. Just big, tall, white dude shooting from shooting from three. It was the. It's the same like Toronto ending. Like it, oh, that, was it? It, w- it was Matt ball. Ryan. I did see that. I did see that. Uh, yeah. That three. Yeah. Every, it's a clean. It's everyone clean. goes crazy on that three. Yeah, I remember. I haven't pulled <laughs> up on like, the it just, it just sinks, and we're like two and five. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's go. Meanwhile, CJ ten for twenty seven. Not a good, not a good look. Not a good percentage. Not good from the field. Um. Well, you know, good luck to the, uh, the Lakers. Uh, good luck to the Lakers. Yeah, that's you know I'm happy for them. We'll see. Um, hopefully we got LeBron as a coach next year. He wants to play with Brownie, bro. He's gonna he's gonna stay. He's gonna be with the boy. I mean, started off on five, started off winless, but now you got a, you got a couple wins under your, couple wins under your sails. Brownie straight to the Lakers, dude. Uh, meanwhile, Milwaukee only undefeated team left. Of course, Bucks are looking good. I mean, what what can you say, man? I mean, when you got when you got Giannis and you could just score at will, <laughs> you just do whatever you want. Yeah, you got Giannis. You got freaking Drew Holiday. Where where are we rating this? Uh, this oh, thank you, season? thank you. Give me give me the hell out of here. This conversation. Um, I'm I'm gonna go right now. I'm on a high. I'm on a high. I mean, it was it kind of it was an unfortunate loss. We kind of self destructed last night. One of the games I'd watched pretty much the whole thing because Claire wouldn't sleep, so I just had the phone up behind her back as I tried to rock her to sleep. Um, I'm giving it 92, man. I think it's a masterpiece of a start from us, especially when I was able to like boast that we were four and zero, and when I was able to boast that we were a five and one, the best team in the Western Conference. Now we're the second best team in the Western Conference as far as records go. If I could freeze time <laughs> in a bottle. Yeah, man. If we, we would get a we get a first round bye if this was the NFL. Like that's that's where I'm looking at right now. Uh and we, Phoenix is the number one team and we beat Phoenix. So with all of their starters. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying we're the best team in the Western Conference, but seven games in, kinda looking that way. Um you know what I uh, was embarrassing to say? What um, what was embarrassing? The NFL season, the Raiders were four and zero in the preseason. In the mm. last the last four preseason I've, games, I've I've heard some bad things about that. If you go four and zero in preseason, it's, it's it's an omen. It's yeah. It's I mean it's not looking 
incredible. Um, we're having good games and bad games. Um, so we're talking about NFL now. We're talking about the NFL. Okay, now. we're bring, we're bringing we're bringing the sports ball back. Um, so I mean, getting I did watch the Chargers game, the opening our opening game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was a good game. It was a very close game. Um, which I kind of just got finished off in the end. Just beat just beat us off in the end. Oof, my favorite. Um, didn't watch the Cardinals game. Why would I watch the Cardinals play? They they whooped us pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're moving on to the Titans. Um, is this a game we should have won? Probably. The Titans, Titans are good. They're five and two. They're a good team. Good team. Um, solid. Uh, solid. Solid. Uh, solid gameplay there. Um, moving on to the uh, Denver Broncos, our uh, unrequired um, rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows Forever. about the Forever. Raider they Bronco. They don't give a dog about us. The hatred. Um, whooped them. Uh, scored on them. Scored on their heads. Thirty-two, mm-hmm. twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Solid game. Um, next game, which I also watched, is uh twenty-nine thirty Chiefs um over the Raiders. Um, this game honestly gave me hope for the season that mm. we'll we'll at least do well. Wow. Um, cause we, uh, for a big part of this game, we were, we were given a chiefs a run for their money. Right. Um, literally running up and down on them. Um, it was just unfortunate that they had, um, gotten a kick, um, you know, got in a nice, got in a nice field goal. Was it, mm-hmm. um, mid game and we, we could just never catch up from that. Mm. Um, but we, we kept our pace with the chiefs, dude. Yeah. I mean, lost by one point, man. Um, uh, dunked on the Texans. Yeah, I'm, we'll get to that. But yeah, good, <laughs> good for you guys. Dunked on the Texans and then completely got shut out by the Saints. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as far as the Raiders season, the Las Vegas Raiders season goes, um, I think I'm just like at a at a 85. I I saw games that I liked. That's even good. I mean. Lost. That's as long as you can enjoy your team. I feel like that's that's a big deal. Yeah, I enjoyed watching the Raiders lose, which is um some it was a which is a sentence that I utter often <laughs> during a NFL season. Um, but is a it is still a sentence I will say till the end of my days. That's that's understandable. Um, me, not so much. I I find myself um my my wife is from upstate New York. I find myself being a Bills fan. Um, this time of the year, bills are in, uh, bills are in, they're on the cool throne. They're six and one. Um, they're fun to watch Texans on the other hand, for anyone who didn't know, uh, they're one, five and one. Um, I, I'm happy to see us lose. That being said, I don't want to watch the games. Um, (laughs) I absolutely do not. I'd rather on, on NFL Sunday, if they're playing, I'm going to watch red zone. They're, I'd rather watch the Lakers play. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would not go that far, but <laughs> I am watching tonight's game. They're playing Thursday night football against the undefeated Eagles. My, um, f- my stepdad sent a cheeky text saying, hope they beat the undefeated Eagles. Not going to happen. He said he was rooting for us. I said, stop, stop rooting. Um, I, I want us to lose because I want us to tank. Um, we're gonna have better draft picks uh, that way. If we if we're the very worst team, um, we'll have a good draft pick. We we picked up a really good cornerback, um, Stingley. Uh, so I'm I'm happy he's getting some playing time. He's looking good. We picked up a really solid running back. His name is Damian Pierce. He's looking really good. Uh, right now we have no run stop, 
like I said, our, our DBs are looking okay. We have okay secondary, but we just have no run stop. So uh, I, I, we played against the Titans uh, last week. It was only 17-10. It wasn't like a crazy game. But how about this? Derrick Henry, 219 yards, two touchdowns, 32 carries. Do you want to do you want to hear what the 32 carries? 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Now let me tell you the passing stats. Ready? Six completions <laughs> for 55 yards and an interception. <laughs> I, they made us look like we're the best pass defense in the NFL. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it, I. I Needless to say, it's pretty goofy. It's, it's pretty goofy. 314 total rushing yards. Now we're out there playing soccer. 314 <laughs> total rushing yards, 40 passing yards because you got, I guess, you know, the net, the minus for the interception. Uh, yeah. Um. So, needless to say, we have no run stop. Derrick Henry owns us. Um. That's that's one of our our big problems. But like I said, our our. When we when we run the ball well with Damon Pierce, it looks really good. Passing the ball, obviously, we have no quarterback. Thankfully, we traded away Deshaun Watson for some picks. Looks like the Browns aren't doing great this year. Um, they are three and five, so we're gonna get their pick, or their first round pick. So hopefully, they finish top ten. So maybe we'll have a top ten pick, and maybe hopefully first overall, we'll pick up a really good quarterback. I'm looking at you, Bryce Young, Alabama. Um, maybe he can be the what two a is when he has the right receivers and then we'll pick up like a big run stopping linebacker some middle linebacker that just covers the middle of the field something like that um so that's my hope for this season i would i would give it a lot lower rating i'm gonna go like 75 uh i'm enjoying the the football i am watching uh like i said when i can watch red zone it's it's great i love i love nfl red zone there's nothing makes me happier than a great witching hour um even like garbage games that don't matter it's still fun when it, it just comes the, down. The, the twenty yard stretch is the best uh, best piece of football that that is out there. Doesn't no, matter the team, no doubt. Um, but uh, good luck to the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Um, hope you guys take it home. Take it home for uh, the the PA. Yeah, I mean they won last decade, but they can win this decade too. Moving on. What are we moving on to? Anime. Anime to me. Anime. Anime. So, uh, as stated last week, I'm juggling a lot of anime. Last month? Last month's episode? Uh, a lot a lot of different anime um, are in season right now that I'm interested in. Um, I, I'm juggling basically like five anime. Two for the medium of the month that I still haven't recorded with Sean. And then three that are in season. Everything's everything's looking up. It's all great. But I just, when you juggle new stuff, old stuff, I didn't want to put off the new stuff because I wanted to finish the old, you know, it's, it is what it is. So uh, what I ended up doing is I watched a movie. And that movie kicked ass. I knew I was going to like it though. So the movie's called Pro Mare. Heard of that? Seen this? No. You heard about this? No. Pro Mare. P-R-O-M-A-M-A-R-E. Pro Mare. It is by Studio Trigger, who is one of our favorite studios. I feel, like they, I feel like they came out recently. Did we? They they came out recently. No. What they, did we? Oh, we're, we were talking about Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. So Cyberpunk, the new Edge Runners uh, series, is by Studio Trigger. They also did the um, Jedi um, twins twins episode of the animated um, anthology series that's escaping me. What it's called. 
but Promare is it takes a lot from Fire Force, which is one of my favorite animes, and it streamlines it into a very specific story about uh, these firefighters that are basically putting out fires in this big like Tokyo-like city, and they're putting out people who will start spontaneous combusting called the Burnish. And mm-hmm. these, these Burnish are seen as like cultist extremists, especially because their leader like drives around in like motorcycles. My kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but then you realize, oh, maybe the Burnish aren't the bad guys. So it, it's the classic one of like, I hate to make this comparison, but like judging somebody because of who they are or what they are. So i.e. Jewish people, i.e. LGBT, just judging people based on something, one thing about them, but not actually knowing anything about them. And so seeing, oh, you people are can spew fire or you can control fire, you must be terrorists, basically. Uh, there's even a scene where they're celebrating after victory, like the like the main firefighting crew, and they're eating this they're eating this delicious pizza, like something everyone can relate to, some delicious pizza. He this guy just got awarded this like Nobel Peace Prize for like saving like everybody. They eat some delicious pizza, and then in comes this like basically like the SWAT team. They're they're equivalent of like I think it's like the hold or freeze. It's something like that. And they come down and they're like, boom, boom. everybody back the hell up. And then they're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And he's like, you. And it's like the guy making the pizza. And he's like, what? He's like, what? What do you, what do you, what do you want? And then like the, the cashier's like, stop, stop, stop. Turns out the guy making the pizza, the reason why the pizza's so good is because he's a burnish. But all he wants to do is make pizza. But he uses his flames to make it like extra good or make it the right way or whatever. So exiled. Man. Yes. So they've freaking put his ass on ice, got him out of there in handcuffs. And then they also took the the store owner too, so that shut down the pizza place real fast. And then like people like like patrons eating the pizza were like, "This is made by a burnish person." Bleh, bleh. And then <laughs> and then like <laughs> like our our firefighters like, "Hey hey hey wait wait what do you mean?" And then one of his teammates has to cool him down and be like, "It's okay. This is how they feel about the burnish. They can feel that way." So. It's a little, little bit on the nose about um, the burnish people, but I love the story line between the like basically your pro tag and your antag. At uh, a little bit predictable about who's the who's the real problem. I mean, it's kind of obvious, you know. It's like, well, if the government is, you know, oh, this authoritative government right. is holding back this uh, minoritized piece of uh, a group of people. Exactly. Mm, who's exactly. the bad guy? Um. So so every. every uh, that that baseline is is pretty obvious. What do I come to trigger for? What I come to Studio Trigger, the oh, animation. Yeah. Oh come on, one hundred percent. Because Easily. it is a whirlwind of color and animation. It's super fast. It's super well done. Um, your protagonist is one of my favorite qualities in anime. It's seen in Arthur and Fire Force. It's also seen in uh, Chainsaw Man, the anime it's currently wearing. You, one of your protagonists is more powerful when he can imagine doing something like significant. So you, the protagonist of this character of, of this movie, he's like really smart, really with it. But like when he looks cool, when he feels like he's, you know, it's, it look at feel good when he looks good, he feels good and he fights better. And just something about that is just like a fun, like character trait that I, I always enjoy. So, a lot of little things in there for me. Um, I'm giving Premiere a 91. I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I think Studio Trigger really nailed it out of the park. 
it's only held back by a kind of um, tropish storyline, but there's enough wrinkles there uh, between the burnish people, between the world building of everything going on around them. Um, it, it just, it looks so damn good. It is just so, so fun to watch. I just, there was never a moment where I'm like, mm, I wish this, I wasn't watching this, but just like tons of like stylized action where there's like font like coming up behind them of like when he's announcing special moves. I, I think it's like intentionally like, I wouldn't even say parroting like the anime sh- shonen battle genre, but I would say it's like, it, it definitely, it's an homage almost to like that style of like big name of the moves and like special things. And like, it, it's almost intentionally corny to a fault where I, I, I do, I do really enjoy that. I think Trigger is is definitely niching out uh, their own sort of visual genre, without a doubt. Um, yes, you can you can see something and you're like, oh, that's Studio Trigger. Yeah, which is which is nice. I mean, anime needs needs that. Um, everyone needs to uh, be doing what they're good at instead of uh, you know paying into what they think looks good. Yeah, and there's a couple of uh, Gurren Lagann even. Uh, like almost tributes within the show, especially with that, this like little Gurren Logan sized mech that he get that our main character gets in, and then the one has like a drill and drills down into it. So a lot of fun, big 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 recommend. It's in my top one 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 hundred movies of all time. It's better than Redline, I think, and it's just really really good, really good anime film. Brother, if you were in a boat, I would be right next to you. Um. Uh, I also watched a movie, um, but uh, some might consider this cheating. Um, this is a traditional Chinese animation. Oh. Uh, uh, A.K.A. Donghua. Donghua. Uh, not an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, animated movie. Um, we're gonna we're gonna butcher the. Um, are we gonna butcher? No, we're gonna go with a big fish in begonia. Big um, fish and begonia. Uh, a nice, uh, a nice, uh, 2016 uh, Chinese animation classic. Uh, we've talked about this previously, where there's just kind of like that late 2010s, early 2010s, that the whole 20 2010 era of animated movies, um, that we probably missed out on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just because the. Uh, the scene wasn't as big as it was. Uh, accessibility wasn't as what it is today. Right. Um. But Big Fish and Begonia. Um. Really, uh, incredibly beautiful movie. Straight out of the gate. Um. It is for 2016. Um. This could easily have been like uh. Uh. I, I swear it could have won some Western awards um, sure. released in the right market. It is incredible looking. Um, yeah, it looks like a painting. Yeah. Even even for 2016, they did the um, the sort of like the new age modern thing of mixing 3D and 2D um, animation styles okay. and um, just yeah. just blending it super seamlessly. Promare has a little bit of that, which I, I always appreciate. When it's done right, I always appreciate that. Yeah, when it's... When it, like not jarring yes so like just very small things like maybe it's like this section of water moving or this lantern swaying in the wind like little tiny 3d touches like that are special like are super special 
Um, this one specifically is is it's it's an interesting story. Um, it's very original. Um, uh, basically, there's these uh low level maybe described as like demigods that um kind of control the natural world around humans. Um, but they live separately. Um, it, it's kind of described as the uh humans live um above the ocean. And, um, when you dive underneath the ocean, you reach the sky, um, which is the land that basically these gods inhabitate. Um, and, uh, every, uh, person who lives here at the age of 16 goes on a, uh, ceremonial trip to the human world to observe as, um, red dolphins, um, swim around the ocean. Um, they're strictly forbidden to interact with any humans. Um, they're there to specifically uh, observe in the natural world of uh, their creation, basically. Okay. So. Um, where this uh, story sort of pops off, as you can imagine, um, our small uh, protagonist, Shin, um, she is going to interact with one of these humans and um, basically cause a... Uh, uh, sort of a heuristic journey for herself and um, attempting to redeem herself um, for uh, basically her interaction with these, uh, with, with this human, human boy. Okay. So it's a touching story then I imagine. Yeah. Visually it's one of those that like it, it just visually it, it pulls some tears out of you. Um, oh, you, you shed, shed a couple, huh? Um, I was kind of laying on my side, you know how they like, you know, they come out of your eye a little bit when you're... They just... It's a little drop feed. Little yeah. Drip, little, drip yeah. feed. So, like, did they... Did tears fall? Maybe not. Did tears run? Yes. Um, other than that, the uh, the story itself is kind of uh, jumbled. Okay. Uh, because she is basically committed to taking care of this human soul-like being um, as her punishment slash redemption... Um, it ends up spanning the, spanning an uncertain amount of time, and all the like you were saying earlier, like the none of the time skips are basically explained to you just in this growth of a human soul form. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're kind of not under. It's kind of confusing in the sense of like, what day is this? How long has it been? Um, uh. And then eventually, like her task is to protect him until he can be a human again. And, you know, it, like I said, it's unspecified amount of time and they go through several journeys where his life is in peril and, you know, basically they're, they're saving the baby egg. What did, would you rate this film about Begonia? Uh, Big Fish and Begonia is going to be, uh, right around an 80. It's a okay. great show. Great movie. Um, really beautiful to watch. Um, in the sense that. It is original story. It's kind of hard to follow and kind of confusing at times, but it's also fresh. Um, it's very, like, all the characters were very interesting to look at. A lot of them were, like, almost like Chinese folklore characters. Right. Um, which was really beautiful. Mythology. Yeah, all mythology creatures. And it, it, it from start to beginning, it gives a good uh, sort of spirited away homage to it. Cool. Well, I'm glad we got a couple of beautiful... Asian animated films for you out there. Danghua. 
we're here again, brother. Where's here? What games you been playing? Bro, I just want to get to next month where I talk to you about God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Is that going to be both of our lists and we just talk about it for 12 minutes? Man, we really probably could because it's it, high key. I got a feeling that uh, I got a feeling that God of War Ragnarok could be my well, for sure it's gonna be my goatee, but like it could it could go as high as it can crack the top ten. It could crack the top ten video games of all time, considering the previous God of War is probably top twenty five. Yes, no, hundred percent. The previous God of War, I think I have it like twenty two right now. So uh, this one has potential because usually the sequel kind of expands on what the original did, but just does it better. This one has potential, and I'm and I'm like letting you guys know right now, it could be a top ten video game this, all time. Uh, this is a preemptive stinger, so we don't end up talking about it for twenty minutes next month. You betcha. Instead, I'll talk about um a game that I once judged people for playing. I I looked down upon people when they said they would play this series. I watched the donkey video, and I said, "Oh, this is for little baby children." The game I'm thinking of is it's called Splatoon Three. So the Splatoon series has two previous entries, one on, uh, on the Switch, one on the, the Wii U. Um, I think the Wii U one is the one that Donkey played. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. But I watched it, and he he just owned little. He said, "You know, the little kids playing this game," and I'm like, "Oh, this is a game for babies." Um, and you know, I, I as leading up to its release, I started watching the Nintendo Treehouse videos on it, and I was like, "Hey, this looks." This doesn't look like it's for babies. This looks, this looks like it's for me. This game looks like it's for real adults. Um, and then I, I played the the open beta. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Then at PAX with my boys, we all played a, a, a game of uh, Turf War. We all won. Smash those little kids. We did. Smash those idiots. There was, there was a little kid on the other side because <laughs> I could see who we were playing against. So, little kid, was first time playing, you know, and she's like, Why did I die? And I'm Wish like, the tune. And I was like, Eat it. Suck my. How does my paint taste, punk? Yeah. I I, I asked him, I was like, Hey, you, you a fan of Ligma? <laughs> Ligma paintbrush. Uh huh. And, um, so there, there was that experience, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna buy the game." So I bought the game. Are you a roller man? Um, uh, We're not even there yet, bro. Let me just right, tell right, my dude. damn story. All right, all right. I want to know what kind of man you are. I'm I'm an everyman. Um, what kind of squid you are? I'm so I I did when you start the game off, you have a choice. You can either be an inkling, which are like the little guys with like almost like wearing a mask that you'd see the Incredibles family would wear. Yeah, yeah. Or you can be an octoling who don't have that mask and their hair is a little bit more like tentacles instead mm-hmm. of like squid arms. So I went with an octoling because I think I like their like style a little bit better. Um, and w- one of the biggest things that I just enjoy about the whole thing is just presentation and style. Like the, uh, f- the, it, the game is oozing with this very specific style. If you took that style away from the game, I really wouldn't enjoy that much. But like... The fact that every day your store rotates of new headgear, t-shirts, shoes that you can buy. Um, the the fourth shop is the general shop that you can buy like stickers and you can buy props to like uh, basically you have a locker that you can like design. Your friends can see your locker and like just a, that's like a, such a weird niche thing to like customize a locker. But it, there's like something satisfying about, oh, this is a cool sticker. I haven't seen anyone have that. Put it there. It's kind of a level up to your... Uh uh, profile picture and like profile banner 
sure. per se. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you can definitely still get like titles and stuff and whatnot. Um, but the gameplay is was was really fun. At, the main mode is turf war, which is the classic like who's inked more of the map, the four v four. And then in your ranked modes, you have like other options, like um, almost like a king of the hill type uh, a game mode. And there's one where it's like you pick up the weapon, and that's like a you carry it into the enemy base. You ones like you collect clams and throw it as a football into the enemy base. There's there's some weird wacky variety. It's it's a very weird game. I use um. I use, uh, what's that? Motion controls. I use motion controls for my like up and down because it's like, basically people are like, Hey, if you're new to the game, just start with motion controls. It's so much better. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? And once I started using, it, I'm like, I think you're right. Like you're just able to flick up and down so much faster. And there's a lot of verticality in the game. So I still use mostly left and right sticks, but going up and down, it's, I, it, it's you, your up and down doesn't work. You have to like motion control it. Interesting. It's, it's a very, very weird game. Um, especially the multiplayer, but it's super, super fun and enjoyable, especially when I'm playing with people I know um, and just we're, we're coordinating together. I throw down like a spawn point with one of my um, weapon kits and they spawn on that point when they, after they die and they get back into action faster. Um, the game is actually like a five in one because you have your multiplayer, you have your campaign, uh, which is... A lot of fun. It's it just a good way to intro into the different weapons. Basically, the campaign is like an overworld map, and then you go into like stages, and those stages are like defeat enemies, or they're like defeat the targets, or you know, they're all like their own little things. So, campaign's really solid. There's like boss fights that are super unique and creative, not super difficult, but a lot of fun. The more challenges comes from like the time target type stuff. That stuff was a little frustrating. Then they have Turf War, um, the tabletop game. So you, you can get cards and you basically like drop X amount of cards before you can't place anymore. And you just like, it's almost like a, it's like patchwork, you know, it's a Tetromino type of uh, game where you're, you're playing these like little ink cards and you have more of the it's like canvas inked. Uh, you have that locker simulator. That's its own like basically mini game. Dress up Barbie. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like, th- there's a lot to this game. Like, you can spend a lot of hours. And then there's the, the ultimate meta. What weapon are you going to use? And your freaking, like, equipment. Shout out to the, shout out to the pepperonis. Your freaking equipment. So your hat, your uh, shirt, your shoes mm-hmm. are like modular bonuses. So you can grind for these bonuses to like swim faster, do more damage, refill ink faster, walk through ink faster, walk through ink faster. Yeah. Walk through enemy ink faster. So it does less stuff. Like that part of it is super grindy and like really, really deep. Like I, I don't even quite understand how it works. It works through like the monthly splat fest where you choose what team you're on. I hate that name. <laughs> it's it's splat fest. Oh, you haven't heard splat. You ever heard of a splat fest, bro? No, I've never heard. I've never it's, been to a splat fest. I'll be honest. So the first, the first splat fest during the beta was uh, rock paper scissors. You choose what team you're on, and then you only play with people on that team. So if your friend chose the other, like the other option, your enemies, your enemies dope. for that entire weekend. Um, and then you, you freaking 
team up with your team, whoever has the most points, you, you accumulate points for wins and whatnot and like how much you're doing. Um, it's all just turf war all weekend. Uh, the next one was, uh, if you're stuck on a desert island, what do you bring? Do you bring gear, grub, or fun? <laughs> um, I, was, I was team grub. Uh, and then the next one coming up is going to be, let's say, like Pokemon promo. So it's um, grass, water, fire. What team? Uh, I think fire is going to win because it's the most popular one. But Yeah, for sure. So I feel the exact same way you feel about this game, um, gameplay-wise, with Knockout City, mm. um, the dodgeball game. Um, I brought up, you know, months months ago. Mm-hmm, um, I remember. But I think what Knockout City lacks is that level of presentation. Oh, man. It's crazy. I, and I even failed to mention, remember how it said five games in one? Fifth option, Salmon Run. It's a PVE. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole PVE, and that's tons of fun to have, like, four people, like, protecting, like, you're basically protecting your base, and you're getting, like, overran by Inklings, and there's different boss, uh, there's different, like, boss Salmon, and each one of them have to be defeated a different way. Like, you have to be, like, creative, and every all four people have a different type of weapon. You've got, like, a freaking umbrella. You've got, like, a light machine gun. You've got, like, a dual pistol. You've got the the Splatana was a new weapon. You've got the Tri-Stringer, which is like a bow and arrow. You've got the freaking just standard like Splat Gun Junior. There's so many different weapons. That it, like, so I, I'm, I really, really enjoy the gameplay. If I have like a tight squad, people to play with, I'd be playing it so much more often. Because if I, I would salmon run up like three or four times a, a day. <laughs> it's, it's so fast. Like just to play a normal game, it's like a, it's like a four minute timer. Like you're in and out. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I can play another one. You know, it's not like getting stuck in a 45-minute game of Valorant, you know? I can literally play one more game tonight. That's it. And if I'm lucky if we get out at like 30, 28 minutes, you know? Lucky if I, if I do good, if I feel good about it. So I know I'm way over my time on Splatoon 3. Needs to say. It's all good, brother. I'll 87. Great game. I, 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 I love, love, love it. Uh, don't love it enough to put it above an 87. There's definitely some, like communication error like i said the grindy stuff isn't great classic nintendo uh, falling out with your team and yeah a little bit of that but i mean i hear the i hear the lobbies are better than ever in this game I, again first splatoon game i ever played but my foray into splatoon i can't even compare it to other stuff i can't i can't give you the gripes that other people give well it's just splatoon 2.5 I, I don't know it to me this is a whole fresh new experience <laughs> and i'm new to me so I, yep and i'm really enjoying it so 87 i recommend it for all of you f- fans of pain out there Nice brother. What do you got for me, man? I know I know you've been spending uh, qu- quite a quite a lot of your free time on this one. Um, let me tell you about a little game that is for babies, the absolute children's game. Overwatch one point five. Overwatch one point five, aka Overwatch two. Copy. Um, we're uh, closing in on thirty hours. Um, it's been out for a month. I've uh, lost all my loved ones. Oh. I've lost all respect for myself. Can't look myself in the mirror. Um, I am a silver two in damage and a silver two in support. You're in a dark place, brother. Um, I honestly thought I would be uh, bronze. Yeah, I mean, good for you, man. Silver, silver is great. Uh, place, I there's only there's very few games where I've placed silver. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm playing uh, Legend of Runeterra and I'm in, I've been in gold two, and I'm like, man, okay, I'm moving places. So I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I think I think league league is the only other place I've placed in silver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, most other ranked type games I've worked through were past silver. Um, starting off in bronze or whatever lowest Q they have. Right, iron or whatever. 
um, yeah, paper bag, you know, get your jokes out here. Mm-hmm. Um, Plastic. I, yeah, as far as me, like, I haven't played Overwatch since probably 2016. Yeah, I think we dropped off. Well, hold on. Hold up now. Hold up. That's a lie. Probably 2018. 2018. Because we, we, 2016 was release year. I think we played it for all the way through 2018 when, like, Hammond came out. Wrecking Ball. I, I didn't play when Wrecking Ball came out. Okay, I played. I played a little bit when Wrecking Ball came out, and then we stopped playing. Mm-hmm. So all all those characters after Wrecking Ball, I, I'm unfamiliar with. I want to say I stopped. So people that were new to me is Doomfist. Um, Doomfist is after Wrecking Ball. Was it really? Yeah, I played a little bit of Doomfist, so maybe. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So people that are like super new i've never known anything about them that i kind of like now is like sojourn ash um i i think i stopped playing at myra okay um so that's pretty that's pretty early she's been a a integral part of the game breaking mechanics for a while now um who are you maining right now um so i was playing a bunch of may okay yep um she's she's just very simple she's very safe Chili babe. Um, and she just recently got disabled this weekend. Oh. Hallelujah. Okay. It's not like I'm playing a game that's uh four year, five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just completely disabled. She was pushing people out of the map and um you just be under it like shooting people's feet, completely invisible. Did you get did you ever do that? I never saw it. I never witnessed it. I've never uh-huh. done it to anyone else. I just I just, just woke up I woke up one morning one morning and it was like May's disabled and I was like oh I guess I'll go do my placements for support today. Um, support. Um, if you don't have a Moira on your team, then you're wasting the entire time. She's basically a hidden DPS character. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to do damage to heal. So if someone else picks Moira, who do you who do you pick? Um, I'm picking uh probably the safest pick for me right now. It's like a little zenny, little okay. zenyata. Yeah, sure. Um, Throw your balls at people. Just, just load them. Just load them. Discord, harmony. Discord, harmony. And like you, you're playing good zenyata. Mm-hmm. Um, who else on support? Yeah, maybe, maybe a mercy if we need heavier healing. Miss me with that mercy. That's that's too much. Well, she, she's a little bit more interesting now because she, uh. Her resurrection only works on one person, and it's on a cooldown. Okay. So you you could you could be standing behind your tank, and every time he dies, you just you f- you pick him back up. Um, kind of stressful. Um, her ult now basically just extends the uh, healing beam. Uh, it makes it connect to your whole team if they're standing next to each other. Did you ever play TF two? Yes. I miss medic heavy. I kind of. That reminds that's, me of like that's kind of where I'm at with Overwatch too. I'm like, um, this reminds me of just Orange Box, Orange yeah. Box on the Xbox. Like that's that's classic gameplay. Classic. Right there, the Valve man, seeing the Valve head on a console, it it gets me gets me places. Hell yeah. Um, other than that, like I I can't honestly recommend why this is uh, a sequel. Yeah, they sh- they shut down the Overwatch One servers. That's what makes it a sequel. Essentially, <laughs> you can't play that game anymore. Like it's literally unplayable. Yeah. Like you, there is no value for, if you have Overwatch One, like a disc. 
There is zero value for that yeah. anymore. You just can't play it anymore. It's a piece of plastic. It is literally just a piece of plastic. It is art. Hang it, hang it up on your rear view mirror and then annoy some <laughs> other drivers with it. Like that's the most you're going to get out of it. Put it in your graveyard. Um, skins fold over. Uh, oh, they did. They carried. They did carry over my um, uh, Saitama, my green Saitama uh, Genji. Oh, cool. Genji lives again. Oh, Power Ranger Genji. Nice. Um, other than that, uh, what else is new is that there's no more loot boxes. It's just battle pass, just battle pass. Okay. And you don't earn any in-game currency from the battle pass. Interesting. Um, and it takes about <laughs> 59 hours to complete the whole battle pass. Okay. So wow. I mean, game on game on brothers. Get um, yourself addicted to the gameplay and yeah, loop it in. I cannot wait. Until God of War comes out, baby. Yeah, we got one more week. One more week. One more week. Um, rating? Overwatch to 75. It is good. It's good. It's good. It's it's a classic gameplay loop. Characters feel okay. Some are stupid. Some are a waste of your time. So just don't play them. In the world of board games, I'm going to talk about a game that does not require a board. It's called Greed. My mom taught it to me. How about that? My mommy. My mommy taught it to me. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Greed is a game where you roll dice. It's I would call it an abstract dice game. Almost like a tr- I would almost call it like a trick, trick-taking dice game. Because <laughs> you have to kind of fulfill the trick a little bit, your own personal trick. Uh, basically, ones and fives, if you roll a one or a five... Um, that is points. It's like five, ones are a hundred points, fives are 50 points. And then anything past, you, you need to roll one of those to, to, to keep your dice a little Yahtzee face five ish. You got to get like three of a kind. That's worth like 300 points. Once all of your dice have been used for something like that scores you points, you can roll again. So the trick is. You keep accumulating points, and it's called greed because it's push your luck. Do you want to roll more dice? Because if you get a one or a five, you can keep it. But if you just get a random three that doesn't go to anything, then you're, you score zero. You scratch, basically. So you keep going until you say stop, and it's like once you get past like 1,000, you're like, uh, like keep going. You're like, well, you might get 2,000. If you get a, a freaking straight, that's, I think that's 2,000 points. If you get one, two, three, four, five, six. That's 2,000 points. So, you know, I would have it where it's like, oh, I'll roll one, three, four, five, six. And it's like, I only, I only have to roll one, one dice. And it's like, I just, let me just roll this one dice. Instead of re-rolling all the numbers other than ones and fives, yes. I'd keep all of those and then just re-roll the one dice. Yes. And, you know, law of averages, 2,000 2, points. It worked a couple times. I did end up winning. We, we, it was like first to 21,000 points. I did win. Yeah, I was, uh, and I, I did frustrate both my wife and my mom. Um, they they thought my gameplay tactic was silly. Get dunked on. Um, but you know, you gotta think outside the box. You can't just you can't just play it safe. You gotta you gotta go for. That's what they call it, greed, bro. Are you greedy? or are You not greedy? Um, this is uh, I I don't know if it is the same game or if it's maybe a slight variation. Um, the game is called. Farkle? Yeah, she loves Farkle. Um, it's it's in the Farkle universe. It's it, I think Farkle is loosely based off of like poker hands. Right. I think is how Farkle works. 
And you also use a cup. Yes. Um, sh- you do not use, I asked if we got cups and she's like, no. No, you don't use a cup for greed. You use a cup for Farkle. She was saying Yahtzee. She said, she said, we're not playing Yahtzee. <laughs> um, um, but yes, I, I, I understand this game quite well. Um, she had her own little like um, reference guides that she hand wrote. <laughs> so um, I had like the point scoring that's pretty, and stuff. That's pretty cute. She had like three of them handed each one of us. And I was um, like, okay. It also reminds me of a game I saw on Amazon. It's uh, like, I don't know what it's called. It's like Roll the Pigs or something like that. Maybe just because you're rolling something and it's like a kind of an abstract idea of what the points are. Um. But you're 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 gaining points based on how your pig lands. Oh yeah yeah yeah. What's the I name sh- of that game? It's gotta I've, be. I, I have seen that game. Yeah. And you, yeah. I it's, feel it's, like it's gotta be featured on this show. Yeah. No, we've never talked about it. But I I have seen that. that no, little, I'm saying it should be. Featured it should be in the future. In the future. <laughs> oh holy hell! This this was already a stretch of a board game as it is. I. <laughs> It was just a fun little. I'm giving it like a 72. It's just it was like a fun time with my mom. Like we played, we needed playing ingenious, this is, and this is an experience. This yeah. isn't, we're not talking about the the content. Yeah, of, of what you I don't. I don't experience. think I'm ever playing greed again with anyone. It's not. <laughs> there's there's no point other than like my grandma. You know, just like a game so simple that your parent could pick it up. I'll, but, I'll roll the pigs with grandma. Um, but I think you're right. I think I think greed is just a variation of Farkle. Um, it it was it did seem the rules seemed a little loose. You know, I was like, can I keep this? And she's like, no, you can't keep that. And I'm like, well, I'm going, I'm scoring this for this. If I roll this and she's like, no. And then, she, and then I'd be like, convince her. And she'd be like, okay, fine. You can keep that. <laughs> like, okay. So the, the rules really, the, are on the fly here. Listen, man, it's, it's, it's more importantly, you had fun. Yeah. Good, good, good time with my mom. I, I had a, I think I actually told her to, this is taking too long. Let's lower the score. <laughs> went from twenty one thousand. The, ceiling, to, the ceiling's way too high. Yeah, I was like, let's bring it down to like seventeen thousand. I'm having fun, but it's slowing down. Yeah, it's slowing down fast. <laughs> yeah, I was the scorekeeper. I'm like, come on, come on now, keep rolling, keep a rolling, keeping a keeping it rolling. Your, your <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're up. You're okay. up. All right, all right. Yeah, and the dice are. Yep. Okay, and you scored. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Go. <laughs> Speaking of fun experiences mm-hmm. with board games, mm-hmm. this one is less experience and way more content. For sure. The content on the board game Cryo is huge. Absolutely huge. Um, I mean, you got your own personal boards. You got four drones. You got a, a endless amount of men in pods uh strewn across a giant uh game board public game board uh there's a lot going on man but we played this together yes at your home yeah a couple wednesdays ago i was like hey man you want to come come over and play some play a board game hey what are you doing man i was like hey i got i got teaches for some board games but some some i just some don't we, some we can fly blind we, we, we both went in blind we pulled up a video we watched a 20 minute videos we ate some food and uh well how much how much did we pay for Indian food? That was kind of like a couple morsels yeah man that was that was a hundred bucks, yeah, that was a hundred dollars for some doordash Indian food <laughs> that was like uh half serving half serving maybe like maybe uh, I would say good better than mediocre yeah, it was good good food, but it, I would say it's like a half serving of food, 
Yeah. Of Indian food, you know? Yeah. I've been to Indian restaurants where they, they throw you a, a whole pot of butter chicken and a whole right. pot of rice and like six nines. Right. For like, for like 12, 15 12, bucks. 12, 15 bucks. Yeah. And the guy's like, enjoy. And I'm like, yeah, you bet I will. Needless to say, we, we, we watched the video. We, we, we figured it out. We read the rule book just a little bit. It, it, it is better when you go in with some hinkling of, of, of understanding, but I, instead I was like, D-Ray, I gave you three options here. Mm-hmm. Just games that were completely in seal. I had not opened up yet. Haven't had me touch. Like, let's figure these out together. And I'm glad we figured this one out together. Yeah. So cryo is interesting. It's an interesting game. I uh, have the itch to play it again. Um, just in the, uh, pursuit of understanding it better uh, but as it sits today um, you uh, are sort of a community what is it a uh, some sort of interplanetary transport system for your society yeah I mean it's, it's interesting because it's there's no there's no people I mean there's perceived people but in all of the art for all the game you will never see a human face or alien face for that matter Yes. So, um, basically you are, uh, is it a, is it considered a crash landing? Uh, a sort of yes. a, uh, a, a, a life pod dump onto a unknown planet. Um, on this planet, you have, a different, several different options. Basically, uh, what you're trying to do, one of your main goals is to get your life pods into the cave system before the end of the sunlight. The yeah, the before the end of the day. day yeah, it takes place over the course of one day, basically. But it, but it is an altered day cycle because you're on a different planet, mm-hmm. um, in in a different uh universe. Um, but essentially, you're using, um, what was it? Four drones, three drones. Yeah, you had three like three drones. That that were basically like your worker placement, your meeples. Right. So how how did we explain like worker placement slash engine engine builder? Yeah, engine builder. I think it's a combination of the two of them. Right. So essentially, you'd send your drones out uh, one after the other on the other person's turn, um, either collecting or picking up uh, possible uh, cryopod survivors, um, replacing them into uh, sort of uh, your personal board. Um, which has those, like we said, engine features, um, and all of that takes a certain type of energy to do certain type of moves. Um, essentially, we just uh, we we cracked on it. Um, we had two kind of like separate strategies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I I sent my um, worker pods out to the the sludge mines. Yeah, out to the the wastelands. The wastelands, so they can. Um, um, get passive income, basically passive resource income. Passive uh, income, passive resource. You also get these uh, hidden objective cards, um, which basically my hidden objective was uh, keep your boys in the mines and you get some points. You get some hidden hidden objective points. Um, unfortunately, there wasn't enough boys in the mine uh, to give me, give me the boost I needed. Um, Hold it end up having way more people tucked away in the the uh, cave system. Right, because that's the idea. Is like, hey, your people are out on the planet. You got to the bring them into the yeah. The planet surface is gonna go uninhabitable in right. the next uh, uh, sun phase. But in the caves, they're safe. So you, it's a little bit of pickup deliver that a little bit in that way. 
Yes, and it, like we said, it's it's all based off of the uh, energy usage and collection um, that you're using on your kind of personal board. Um, everything about this game was as was pretty nice um, as far as the uh, actually tactile feel of everything went. Um, you have a lot of good, nice, big, meaty uh, cave tokens. Um, you have these nice, uh, chewable, uh, delectable-looking energy blocks. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the the presentation. It was very, very chunky drones, like good, like three D printed, like good miniatures for like the little like pods of people. Yeah, I wonder if you could, man, just scuff them up a little bit and take take a nice base coat, take your own paint to it. Like they look like that decent, at least of a of a a casting, I would say. Um. But yeah, as far as mold. that, as far as that, the game did probably run probably too long for us. Yeah, I I think it was a little bit of like we we had to take a break halfway through. I think to eat the Indian food and then coming back into it. I, I, eventually, once we started really going, it it got rolling. It just I think we just took too much time. I, yeah, I think it it didn't really get rolling till probably twenty five thirty minutes in. Right when we could actually like. I don't have to stare at his turn to like figure out what he was doing. We could kind of just work passively back and forth. Um, besides that, uh, I still had a good time with this game, even though it, it's probably a slightly outside of my difficulty range. Was it at 8.5? You're saying on, on the weight? The weight. I, no, I think, I think it was within your range. I think I'll take a look on Board Game Geek, but I'm pretty sure... They rate it out of five, five being the heaviest board game in the right, world, right, right, right. one being tic tac toe. So I, I think it's I think it's like a two point eight. I would say it's probably like a three is what I would I would call cryo. But I think that's within your range. Uh, I I believe it's in my range. I would I don't think I had a struggle understanding it. It was more as like was I comfortable understanding it and playing it. Is more of like where I feel like it was pushing up against the walls, up against the lines of what I would usually play. Two point seven three is the weight on Board Game Geek. Two seven three. So like I, I yeah, I feel, I'm definitely more comfortable with something that's like a two two point five. Right. Um, just comfortability. Not like it's not like something I was like, oh, what's going on? How how do I do this? Right. I wasn't just exactly struggling of what to do in the game. It was just more of like it it, it took a process. My brain yeah. took some processes. No doubt. Um, other than that, it's a it's an eighty three. It's it's worth playing again. Like I said, I I, I yearn to understand it. I yearn for the uh, cryo world to understand me. And uh, as some somewhat of a desire to be good at it. Yeah, I I love the presentation. Loved all the colors. Very colorful game. Um, I wish there was a little bit more variety with with like the ships and some of the cards. Um, That'd be cool. But I, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. I I think, eighty three is a very reasonable rating for a, a great game like that. Uh, so again, I'm coming at you with the Kickstarter comic. I, <laughs> sue me, sue me for all I'm worth. You know, I don't know what to tell you. So can we did not read this? Yeah, yeah. How about this? I can't wait to not buy it because I can lend it to you. Oh, didn't thanks. There you go. So you can read it as I lend it to you because it oh, is thanks. it is two of my favorite genres. Ready? Sci-fi. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. Noir. Oh, 
I thought you were going to say sci-fi little people, dude. <laughs> I would have jumped out of my chair. I know you're not crazy about little people. I wasn't going to make you read small people, big world stuff like I. <laughs> are you ready? I mean, what do you, come on. That'd, that'd be like the third small people, big world thing you've uh, handed <laughs> to me in comic book form. Come on, man. What do you, what do you think I am? Only, I mean, I'm only, my only looking, am I only looking for little people? Come on. This is a full no, size human. Noir. It's totally been me this whole time. <laughs> Clearly. Um, sci-fi noir. So a lot of it's very like Dick Tracy, your uh, classic detective who's who's on the case. Um, I like Mass Effect too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way more though. I'd I'd say it's like it literally is L.A. noir, but like a little bit sci-fi. A big trouble in little uh, China planetary system. Yeah, I. I <laughs> It's it's actually it's 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 way looser on the sci-fi because it seems like he, he, the guy who's like part of this guild or whatever, and he's doing some like you know investigating and whatnot. It seems like the humans don't really know about these alien species like that much. Mm. They're in the in the blind. But name of the book: Cosmic Detective. Um, very good graphics. I guess I would say art. Uh, the art is really solid. Um, it, 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 I mean, the reason why I backed it is because uh, Lemire is on it, Jeff Lemire, uh, who is a really good writer. Um, and it, it did take a while to actually drop. I had to wait a couple years because of COVID and different issues, but wow. I finally got it this year. That's a long back. It is a very long back. Comics usually, usually, if you back a comic, they'll drop later at the end, within a year, I, within Witcher, twelve months. I mean, Witcher was. I feel like I got lucky with Witcher. That was a quick, quick turnaround. Like I, I backed it in probably six to eight months. Like they were like, okay, we're about ready to ship this out to you guys. I'll, I'll never forget. That's the, my one and only uh, backer experience with comics is definitely a, a W. Yeah, that's that's a like golden, golden standard for sure. Uh, Lemire, if you were wondering, he did Sweet Tooth, uh, Essex County Trilogy. Uh, Descender, the book. Oh, lovely guy. Um, we, we know he got a sci-fi on. Green Arrow. He did a whole run of the Green Arrow. I think New 52 Green Arrow. Interesting. Um, so he's known for, for being a good writer. Um, I I uh, backed him no matter what. Um, I took a drag from my e-cigarette as the acid rain laid on my cybernetic trench coat. Uh, like I said, it's it's real noir. It's very 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 loose on the on the sci-fi elements. It's it's also very Watchmen because like the 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 people that they're investigating are these like big superhuman like Doctor Manhattan. Um, Omnipotent. Yes, yes. It it's, it has a very nihilistic tone, just like Doctor Manhattan did. Nothing matters. Just focus on your little life. Um, needs to say, great little story. I I took a nap one day and I had some Adderall, so I wasn't gonna nap too. I was gonna stay awake, so came into the office, put my feet up, cracked through Cosmic Detective. Uh, I think I'm giving it an 83. That's pretty good. Yeah, great, great little comic. Like I said, you you I cracked through it in about an hour. Uh, love love a love a read through. You know what I mean? I hate when I have to break something up into three or four different. Sessions, which yeah. happens a lot for comics books, especially Absolutely. in the physical medium. Yeah, especially thicker ones too. Yeah, I'm not getting through that one. So if I can spend some time, 
I put I literally typed in sci-fi noir to my Spotify, put a little like sci-fi noir type playlist. It was like for like a party that they had. I don't know, somebody. Um, but it was a good little experience. A three, great stuff. I'm gonna let you borrow it. Thanks, dude. No problem. Thank me later. <laughs> what about you, bro? What'd you What'd you read? Um, a, a long while ago, I uh, represented a comic, um, Venom, uh, the King in Black, the Black King, something, mm-hmm. something similar to those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a previous installment, a sequel, a prequel. Uh, but this is Silver Surfer Black. I've been wanting to read this for so long. So you just read volume one, right? Yeah. Not that you're like complete. But yeah, I've 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 wanted to read Silver Surfer Black for so long. I love the character of Silver Surfer and it and it's just like a stunning, like very funky yes. art style. So like I said, I have previously read um previously have read uh something in this black series. It, it, sure. it it's basically you know, pitting your superheroes against um, Null, which is kind of like the the god of all symbiote. Right. I, I um, did remember you talking about that on a previous yes, installment of How to Waste Your Time. Basically representing the blackness of the universe. If, mm-hmm. if any character has some sort of source in the cosmos, um, the darkness that is around him is basically created, performed by, edited... Uh, directed by Null, who's just kind of he's just an omnipotent force, kind of like your Galactus Thanos, like um, in symbiote form. Okay, a little abstract then. Yes, definitely a little abstract. And then when you start to get into the art of uh, uh, how you say uh, Silver Surfer Black, um, it it turns up the the psychedelic uh, no sick delusions. Yeah, some psychosis. I I love the art for this. It is it's, it's incredible. There's, it is so colorful. You know, it's a good uh, comic when it's like I would I would tat that on my body. Yeah, I would no, get that tatted on my body. Absolutely, and I, and like I said, I love Silver Surfer. Especially most of Silver Surfer comics is his own like empty thoughts. Yes, and I, that's, and that's because he just doesn't have anyone to talk to, which is great. It's, it's cream of the crop. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 what. It's why Silver Surfer is even popular. Right. If, if Silver Surfer was this guy and he had like a, a radio telepathic connection to Galactus, like it would be annoying. Oh, yeah. It'd be boring. He's just arguing with Galactus the entire time and uh, he doesn't want to, dis- I don't want to destroy the worlds. But when he's like, I, I, uh, when I travel to this planet and they, uh, pray, Prayed and sang songs over their new silver god, and Galactus still destroyed them. Like it's like, whoa, whoa, bro. He's he's deep. He's deep in it. I found this paddle where he's like riding on like some kind of like space dragon or something. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, it's it's sick. Even though it 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 could be, um, some uh fifteen year olds uh wet dream mark marker only like uh, art school portfolio sure in the best way yes yes in the best way lots of color tons of color um silver surfer is just a badass dude no he's such a great character he's so dense like there there's one comic that i was reading where he starts off where he wakes up and there's an entire like planet on his chest of just like microscopic people Mm -hmm. that like praise him as god and then he's just like confused like why why do they see me as this like he's very introspective which is like Makes for a really great storytelling. It, it it 
it just kind of like does the uh, Martian Manhunter and um, maybe like, I don't know, trying to think of like other people that are from like out other worlds, other universes, because he's not human. No, he's like a cosmic being. Yeah, cosmic being essentially in human form to like as as a weapon uh, befriend any type of other human form so uh the planet can be uh, used as fuel you know what i mean can be destroyed and eaten um uh, just a very interesting character cuz he's a he's not a bad guy he's not a good guy he's just a a a force in the universe and it, it's it's very it's very interesting to read about him and um like you said it's all like internal monologue so there's no there's no fluff there's no guff it's just him kind of just surfing through the universe dude um, on on his daily grind Donny Cates is the writer and he's really good he's done some other stuff um with Cosmic Ghost Rider i think he created that character mm. which is a really cool newer character and the some of the new Guardians of the Galaxy stuff he's done so i, I like yes. i like him a lot uh, this one I think specifically in that in that first issue, um, it has uh, it has two turnoffs that it like it has an advertisement for. That's Beta Ray Bill in mm. sort of this black universe, right? And then also Guardians of the Galaxy have a part in this black universe, which those two also I'll probably try to search out and read, um, depending on how much uh time i want to spend in in here if i if i'm if i'm lacking lacking on time those two are on the list yeah it looks like silver silver black is actually only just one volume so i might have misspoke there might just be one collection of of the five issues roger um rating um dude it's an 86 great 86 bro i gotta pick it up I really yeah. got to pick it up. I think I would love it because especially it's, he's one of my top 10 favorite um, like yeah, comic. It's, it, it's one to own physically. Like it, it's 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 straight up in that. And it's artwork. It's artwork for sure. And then just Silver Surfer is so cool. It's freaking art, bro. It's freaking art. What do you know about art, Doug? Refreshing. All right, guys. Enough dicking around, am I right? It's time to do the do. Um, if you weren't listening at the beginning of the show or you paused or coming back to it, we are going to be drinking the Mountain Dew Voodoo Flavor, the, the Mystery Flavor Limited Edition for the year 2022. It looks like we even got a jack-o'-lantern on the front, so it's a little, a little spooky. A little, a little what did we say, spook member? A little spooked vember for you guys. I know it's this is the spooktober episode, but a little spooked vember for the release date. All right, go ahead and let's three, two, one. Ooh, a couple of good pops there. Pop, pop. Yeah, I'm I'm always terrified of opening a bottle over the uh, yes. over the desk yes, area. Yes, because we had an incident. Yeah, like it. Yeah, we've already had an incident, and like I feel like even even then I'm I'm a open the bottle underneath the desk kind of guy mm. between my legs. Oh, open my bottle. Give it a little smell check. What are you, what are your uh, pheromones telling you about the smell? I'm getting, I'm getting um, some. I've got a feeling it's me sweet. Mountain Dew's always a little sweet. I'm also getting like a little ch- cherry hints of cherry. What are you, what are you thinking? Mountain Dew smells like uh, bad kids. <laughs> smells like home. <laughs> smells like childhood. All right, I'm gonna take the first like, jug. Smells like the the mountains of Appalachia. Uh, not not a dentist in sight. 
It's it's classic. It's a classic scent. Fun fact about Mountain Dew. Um, when I was third grade, I think my dad in my stocking gave me Mountain Dew and I was like, was like one of the best things in my stocking. I was like, hell yeah, just straight Mountain Dew. Um, so this Voodoo 2022 flavor, it is, it's very sweet, almost to a sour point. Yeah. I would say, I would say it crosses the line into sour for sure. Yeah. Very sour, soury, uh, sweet at the end. It almost has like a candy, like aftertaste. Like I would, I would say I would compare it to like almost like a shocker. If you're a fan of the um, the kind of hard soft candy, um, it's adjacent to a sweet tart. Uh, yeah. Shockers, I would say this flavor is like a shocker. Yeah, they're like now and later's bad cousin. It's a shocker, right? Now and later's bad cousin. I would say, I would say, I I really like shockers. This 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 gives me the flavor of a shocker without the satisfaction of like the the chewiness. Because I kind of like I like kind of like that gummy chewiness of like shockers are like uh, coin shaped. They're coin shaped. Yeah, you tube. They could do come in a tube, and you can like flick them at people's like eye. You can, like flick them really hard. Is that, and, is that a Wonka thing? And you go bam, flick are sh- them. Are, shonka, are shockers Wonka in, shonka. in the, wonka, the the Wonka universe? Shonka verse. Oh. Oi, laddie, <laughs> you better you better pass me that Shonka. Don't yeah, don't. I've been playing a lot of Junker Queen. She's uh, she's some type of uh. A kiwi. Oi. It's a little kiwi from New Zealand, huh? Get out there. Get out there. It's a little bit more short. They're a little bit shorter with it from your kiwi. Um, Who's talking in my ear? So, I like this. I'm a, I'm a Mountain Dew um, apologist, defender. This, mm. w- this would pair really well with uh, some Taco Bell. Maybe I'm conditioned because I like Baja Blast. Uh, but I just think this would do good with just Mexican food in general. Um, I'm, I'm going to finish this bottle. Not right now. Cause I don't do, I don't do soda. A like, I just don't do soda, soda midday. I don't do soda midday. I just, <laughs> I just drink it to have fun with some pals. Um, I agree with you. A soda, a soda in the afternoon is it's somebody messed up. It's it. You got a problem. It's, like it's, it's oddly, it's not as bad as soda in the morning. <laughs> oddly but but it is a little bit like man i'm bored let me just take a shot of tequila it's a little bit like that yeah yeah a for little sure. bit it's like, definitely like uh i have nothing going on nothing's entertaining me let me crack a soda pop mm-hmm. no. let me no. down a, let me down especially people who down a whole soda pop with nothing on the side just yeah. a straight like that makes my stomach upset like, yeah get, I, I gotta eat something with it yeah get dinner started at least dude, before you crack that open like have something on the bar. Yeah, have a real excuse. Um, um it's good. It's really it's really good. Like I said, kind of lemony, lemony flavor. Like it go, it goes in that kind of citrus style. Um I would put this maybe four or five on um all time Mountain Dew uh flavors. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm I'm probably giving this an eighty two. This this seems like real real great to me. It's not it's not hitting the highs of, of Code Red or it's nothing like a classic Code Red. Or like uh, voltage double XP um, Doritos with your boys on um, Call of Duty release night. It's it's not it's not hitting those highs, but uh, I'd say it's great for me. It's eighty two. What, what rating do you got for it? Um, I would. I'm right there with you. It's like an eighty one. Nice. I would say an eighty one. If you're a do apologist or um, defender, I think I would be um a, a maybe a somewhat of a lost uh disciple. Um, I, I'm not a fan of do currently, 
Mm. You, but I, I was an intense fan. You, you were a I, follower of the do. I, I was a follower of the do. And on some on some occasions, I've only uh, barely resurfaced that love. So um, nowadays, I tend to take care of myself. Is that, is that what uh, people who don't follow the do do? No, we just for those who do not, we just say you no longer bow to the dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, I'll I'll take a sip of a Baja Blast. Hell um, yeah. Like you said, Voltage and Code Red are a special time in my life that I have left in the past. Yeah, I mean, as of as of more recently, the like number two flavor for me recently um, has been the 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 pink lemonade. Do that uh, is that is a favorable. Um, it uh, is you you you've thrown me one of those bottles before. Yeah, no, they're incredible. It's called Spark. It's like this like raspberry lemonade do. It's incredible. It's definitely a masterpiece of a do. I would I would throw that in the high nineties. Um, I'm even kind of hungry right now, and it's it's making me feel something on the inside. Yeah, no, I, I could I could take a little bit of rice with that. Yeah, give me some like Mexican rice. Like my my stomach is empty, and I, it's I I can't tell if it's filling space in my stomach or my heart. To be uh, honest, eighty eighty one. I think it's filling your soul. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> filling your soul with the dude. The dude. Oh, hell, the dude. Do. Mountain Dew Megachurch. Coming to a city near you. <laughs> Coming to a small rundown town near you. Coming to Gilbert, Arizona. Ever been there? <laughs> Ever pass through Gilbert, Arizona? Now you have a reason. It's called Mystery Flavor Voodoo. <laughs> Classic. The Father-Son Podcasting Microphone. It just has to get you through three awkward years before you can both start drinking together. All right, back to the show, bro. Stop trying to derail with all this how to waste your carbonation bull crap, all right? <laughs> Little, that, dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Get get it straight. We're, we're getting a little religious, a little faithful on the dude. Yeah, we're we're bleeding into how to waste your soul territory. Um, I'm gonna be talking about a podcast today. It's called How Did We Get Weird? It is with Vanessa Byers and her brother Jonah. Uh Vanessa, you may know uh as an alumni from Saturday Night Live. She's also been in several other television shows, namely um, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, she's w- in one of my favorite skits on that show where she like is a self-deprecating, um, millennial and like deprecates. A recent skit that's sticking in my mind is the, uh, hot dog suit. And I think you should leave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's in that one. No. I mean, she's not in that one, but that skit is, is on the top of my mind for like the last week making me laugh. My the the skit that did you watch season two? I think you should leave. I think I'm I think I'm in it. Calico pants. Did you get that far? Sounds familiar. There's one where this guy walks out of the bathroom and he's got like a couple of drops on his pants, like from <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that one that one stuck with me. Calico wear calico pants dot com. <laughs> yeah, that's a real website too. If you yeah, wear. and then what was season one's was the. Uh, the shirt with the damn, I don't know the name, but it's a shirt with the knob on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the tug tug shirt. Yeah, yeah the tug. Shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good, That's actually like a really good ad. 
Yeah. Um, okay, that's neither here nor there. How do we get weird? Um, which I, Man, I wish. So she brings on, her and her brother bring on guests. Her brother's from like the music world. So he's got like a lot of like weird indie rock like people that I'm unfamiliar with. And she's obviously from this comedy world and she brings on a guest and it's a nostalgia podcast. So each episode is titled Remember Blank. So they ask their guests to bring back one thing from their like childhood and then they kind of just nostalgia over it. And then everything else on the show is either like a sublet of that conversation or they have a couple of like segments. So one of them is uh, nostalgia or nostalgia. Mm. And, and so it's like, hey, how did you feel about this thing or like this thing that's coming back? Do you, is that nostalgia? Like leave it in the past or bring it back? Nostalgia. So they got a few different things like that. Um, <laughs> eventually they, they one one ridiculous like meta segment. They like were dunking on like board of directors of like bad companies. And then they brought on like this, this band guy I was unfamiliar with. And they're like, Hey, we've been dunking on, you know, board of directors. Now let's dunk on which, which direct board of directors should be fired from this band. And it's a manager band and all, <laughs> it's like 12 people and they're all managers of different companies. And like, <laughs> they were, they were like all interviewed for like a business insider, like article and like them talking about like how tough it is to like find time for the band and like how they're learning, like they're learning like basic fundamental, like human skills while being in a band. It's like, yeah. No wonder you're like your soulless like CEO of a corporation. <laughs> they're like they're like, is it tough like with all of you guys being leaders of your own company to like have like a front man? <laughs> they're like, Yeah, we it's tough not having a you know, someone to, to lead everyone. We're all on equal footing. But needs to say, very fun podcast. Um it's just something I picked up on the side. I, I really only listen to the people I know, like a lot of like other, course, yeah. other other SNL alumni. So like Beck Bennett's on there, Kyle Mooney, Jay Farrow, um, tons tons of different people. Uh, Monahan, Billy Monahan, Billy Monahan. Um, also Patton Oswald and his wife were were on there. Um, so you know comedians, funny people that I know and like. Um, and then I, I listen to a couple. I'm like, oh, I wonder if these musical artists are good. But you know, if you just don't know the person, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, mm-hmm. or but if I do like the topic, I'll, I'll listen to it. So if they, one was like, re- remember Digimon? And it was like fun to hear them Oof. talk about Digimon. I could talk about Mons all day. Dude. Yeah. One of the, yeah, he's real passionate. He was one of the younger guys. A lot of, a lot of the people are like the, from the generation before us. So they, they talk about some okay. stuff. Okay. That we, like, we didn't really have relationships with Sour Patch. Sorry. Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage. Yeah. Because that was like, that got big like 92, 94, like before we were born. And we were just at the tail end of it. Like I remember them, but like, yeah, I, I don't. I'm. I probably had a deck, a deck of cards. Of I probably had a handful of cards, maybe ten. Yeah, but just nothing, mixed in with the Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something like that. I mean, but yeah, but there's like a point where there's thousands of them. Yeah, same thing with like Pogs. Like I, I wish I was alive in the era of Pogs because it seemed yeah. like such a fun like thing to like. Oh yeah, it was totally like for us too. Yeah, love like the. Were you um, the two things that I loved like physically were Bionicles. Mm, and, I do love Bionicles. Um, uh, Mighty Beans. Mighty mm. Beans went crazy, dude. I have no idea what Mighty Beans are. You don't know I, what I Mighty think beans those are? missed my my scene. Dang, dude, you don't you don't you're not on the Mighty Beans scene. Mighty Beans. It's right there with Pogs and oh, hold on, uh, hold garbage. On. It's the mixture of Pogs and garbage. Oh my patch. gosh, dude, I Mighty- think I've seen these. This is this is something I haven't thought about since I was like, oh, bro, they're still releasing Mighty Beans. They have a Fortnite pack of yeah, Mighty Beans. Yeah, they're still releasing <laughs> Mighty Beans for sure. Uh, oh. 
the the hype has definitely died around them. I haven't seen a Mighty Beans commercial in a while. You um, know, I I I may have owned some or like collected some from someone else, but yeah, that is that is definitely Pogs and and Garbage Pail Kids. That's insane. I have not thought about Mighty Beans in a decade or more. I'm glad, dude. I'm glad. We, maybe we should get a pack of Mighty Beans here soon. Maybe you should guess on how did we get weird and bring up Mighty Beans. <laughs> I'll bring in. I'll bring in my mighty beans. I had a we. I know me and my brother had a decent size. We had a decent collection of mighty beans, and like they're all based off of rarity too. So like you, you, you get your pack of mighty beans, and it's like you got like four commons, um, like two rares, and then one like ultra rare. I, oh, dude. I, I didn't think about this when looking at them, but there's like collector cases yeah. where you yeah. like fit the beans and like open, yeah. imagine imagine there's, opening it up and be like, do you want to see my beans? Yeah, dude, it's complete. It's completely like awful childhood <laughs> stuff. Um, there's there's some bins that are um, not just not just bean shaped collector bins, but you would put them on tracks and like roll them down the tracks. Oh man, because there's like there's like a little metal ball bearing inside of them that makes right, that right. makes them mighty like wobble yeah you know what i mean um so you just roll them down the tracks they're they're great dude this is awful art it's just like screen printed like little pieces of plastic oh yeah they're terrible and like <laughs> so bad like the classics are like you know this, this guy's got a fucking uh butt crack showing yeah like a lot of like there's like cleavage smart. and like yeah, exactly they're very crass for like a children's toy um but i love those dude that's Shout crazy. Out Shout out to Mighty Beans, man. That's that's how you got weird. Um, so I, I'm giving the show. Um, what did I give it? A, a 78. I think it's very good. Um, it's a good nostalgia podcasts are fun. Um, I think our conversation was more fun than I've had. <laughs> <laughs> you bringing up Mighty Beans might have been the the most fun of been like, oh yeah, what the hell? Because a lot of their stuff is like, remember field trips? It's like, yeah. I don't know. You got to get deeper than that. Yeah. You got to go a more specific. Uh, what are you potting? What are you potting about? Bro? Um, what so are you potting around? Similar to you, I just picked this up on the side. I think it's a a fine show. It's fun for me. I did see the art, and I do like the art for this show. Yes. So, um, it sounds like something else. Like, it, it, in all honesty, if I said um National Park After Dark to you, mm-hmm. what, like you think of a radio show After Dark. Around the campfire. I, I was thinking almost like National Geographic, like Nat Geo type show. Um, but it's a little different than that. A little bit more aligned with our spook November uh, qualities of this show. Oh, no. This is a very different show than I was thinking it was. Keep going. <laughs> it's really just uh, two women talking about national parks and yeah. giving, giving facts and information. But then also um, she will write a script, uh, one of the hosts, she'll write it basically a complete script of kind of folklore and uh, spooky-ish things in, around, in and around the National Park lore. This is the cover art that I saw. Um, I'm showing it to D-Ray right now. It's a skeleton holding out a crow, and I was like, oh, this could be cool. Um, could be interesting. This is a show my wife would like, but I, I'm, I'm telling you right now. This I think, is- yeah, I think I'm just getting overly passionate about... Um, that's sick, dude. The, the old artist is crazy. Um, I think I think I'm just getting more passionate about passively listening to stuff that's uh, probably perceived as boring. Um, oh man, this looks this just looks really dry. I just I would like my I could not listen to this. <laughs> I would have to turn it off. Like I'd start listening and be like, okay, what else can I? 
It, it was a struggle to find something entertaining this month. I'll, I'll, no, I, I hear you. I'll, I'll be honest. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta like hunt a little bit for some podcast gems. Good thing that, yeah. Good thing that we have like 15, 20 episodes of How to Waste Your Time that you can just jump to the podcast section and be like, oh, what podcast do I want to listen to? And you, good thing you have people like us to recommend you good stuff. For real. Because, you know, um, I haven't. I don't think I, I'm, I maybe had like three good recommendations that are like on the front page of a, of any podcast app. Um, if that makes sense, like right. there's going to be six different news channels. There's going to be six different comedians with their podcast and like a goofy, like them wearing headphones in front of the mic, like <laughs> my podcast. And like, I can't listen to any of those. Um, and then there's like three, three to eight true crime ones yeah way too much true crime that's that's a genre that can die in podcast hell so like if if anyone can send me like a true like subreddit or uh a, i'll i'll join a new discord server um <laughs> like where they're just like kind of pumping out uh good <laughs> you if you're listening to the show you've heard our good recommendations for podcasts um you know, if we can find some more like that, instead of me looking through the front page of Spotify. Um, still though, this is, I enjoy it because I'm just a kind of a national park nerd at this point in my life. Sure. Uh, just a hiking, fishing fiend. Get me out of here, bro. What rating do you have for me? <laughs> 72. It's a de- decent show. I can listen to it for uh, longer than 20 minutes. All right, bro. In the medium of music, um, I'm I'm sl- I'm slamming into your system. I'm snapping into your slim gym uh, with a album that found me. All right, I didn't find it. If it, it found me, I popped up in Spotify and it was like, "Hey, you might like this." Mountain Dew found me. It all hail the dude. <laughs> um, it found me because its cover art is slamming. And let me tell you, if you put zero effort into your cover art. Or if it looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint or like by extreme amateur that doesn't understand lighting, something, bad art, I don't know. If you don't care about your cover art, I don't care about you. Very true. That being said, Charles Gambino has an album that's just a white cover. That's a little different. If you have street cred already, whatever. But if you're trying to grab my attention, Fruit Town by Standards, this is how you effing grab my attention. You got a bunch of different fruit on top of like a freaking city. You got like some funky ass looking fonts choice for fruit town like you you show me that and i'm gonna click on it i don't know what genre of standards was i'm with it i, I i'm looking by the look of it i'm guessing k-pop right i've definitely heard i've definitely heard and seen a k-pop video where there's the main uh point is fruit yes <laughs> the main protagonist in the k-pop video is what fruit are they dressed as uh Yes, and I and I thought that's what I was getting myself into. The band is it's called Standards. I've, I it didn't mean anything to me, right? But I gave it a give it a little listen through, right? Give it a little a little skip to do. Here's little, some little whirl in the tape deck. Here's the the name of the songs. Also, ready? Snack, coconut, <laughs> cherry, bubble bath, melon, 
acai. Uh, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a listen, right? They're setting up for the meta curveball and I want to give it to them, but they're uh, going to be math rock kind of hard rock fusion. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody's hands in the air. Ayer. They are math rock, bro. That's insane that you snipe that specific dude, right subgenre. They're fruit faces, dude. That's insane. Um, so today I'm gonna be playing for you 8-bit by standards. This their whole entire album is does have kind of like a like a light, um, almost like dubstep adjacent type of like beat poppy, but 8-bit is like the most fun song. It's just super well produced. Really fun. Um, standards are, I think they're out of Brooklyn. I, I don't, I don't know where they are. Would be a bunch of Brooklyn nerds wearing beanies and finger plucking their guard. Sorry. I, salad. I lied. They're a duo from LA. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're two people. One's, one's freaking guitar, one's drums. Uh, but obviously there's a lot more to it than that. There's, there's a lot of like processing. 8-bit has like a lot of like, References to like video games, um, okay, whatever. Just just Quit listen. Talking, let me listen, dude. Just listen. standards darian what do you think you math rock nerds can't hide from me he snipe you guys out put whatever cover you want on dude i'll find you no matter where you are no matter where you hide um that's probably the most tasteful uh video game music inspired song i've ever heard yeah some like Um, really smart samples smart samples they're placed very well and they're not the entire song no, they're like it, it. It's very clear when it drops out to just pure instrumentation, um, which is which is nice. Um, I can't help. Um, the beginning of that melody is so close to um. Uh, what's the uh, white chick song? Thousand years, thousand, a thousand miles, a thousand miles. Really? I will watch oh. a thousand miles. I guess. I guess like it's a similar melody. Everything sounds it, like everything though. It's 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 just the first three notes. Like they're they're just too close. Yeah. Doom doom doom. Yeah. It's I, it's, I, it's too close, and I can't look past it. But it is a very nice song. It was a very beautiful song. Yeah. Great. The whole entire album is instrumental. There's one song that has vocals, um, which is totally different than everything else. So I didn't want to play that one, but I do really like that song. Uh, it's a very electronic math rock album. There's a lot of heavy editing, uh, a lot of like audio mixing, 
Um, but it's just a really solid stuff. These guys can really play their instruments and they're just really smart with sound production. Yeah, they're ripping dog. I know what I'm listening to on the way home. Good. I know you say that a lot, but this time I do. I do do it. Okay. I do we do don't, it. Well, then why don't we ever have conversations about it? I mean, we could do off air. If even if you're not going to waste cap it, we can do it off air. Cause I usually, I do do it with the intention of waste capping. I get a few ideas in my head, but then I, there's also something in the show that I want to watch more or consume more and then that pushes it out of my head let's, and then we don't talk about let's it. vow you're not going to waste cap this album i'm just going to talk to you about we're going to talk about it. we're just going to chat there's but a couple we will record it and put it on uh yeah bonus episode bonus episode <laughs> <laughs> but hey uh so this is our 10 minute conversation about <laughs> fruit town standards um but i mean they're they're like they're fun they're fun they're light they're 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 good I mean, standards, I, I'm giving this album an 89. I think it's nearly a masterpiece. I think it's an extremely wow. great album. Um, it's one of my favorite albums of this year. I think it's in my top five of the year. Um, it's, it's all around really like, I had like seven different songs I liked. And like, I, I, I put the heart on Spotify. And they're all in like the back half of the album. Mm. Um, so it's really, really solid. The front half, like I said, is a little bit weaker. Um, holds it back from a little bit, I think, overproduction. But the back half is really, really solid. And that, that cosmic song that has the singing on it, it's, it's almost acoustic. With like an like acoustic guitar. It's, it's very, very light, very fluffy. Math rock nerds. I see Let me you. show you some real music. Show me some real music. Intergalactic by Kid Cudi. <laughs> oh, so you're literally just reviewing the album that the, the movie... Yes. So you're using the same piece of content twice, basically. No. It's literally every song on that album is in the in the movie, right? Yes, but I spoke about the movie and the animation. Now we're going to touch the soundtrack. So the soundtrack is available as a standalone on Spotify, right? Um, we're, We've moved on from Spotify. Oh, that's right. You, you're <laughs> Apple Music I'm family. I'm Happy Music, dog. That's, that's cringe. We run Happy Music. We... <laughs> We make money nowadays, bro. That's cringe. Um, here's the thing. That's like me watching Dunkirk and then being like, here, let me review the Dunkirk Hans Zimmer album. No. Yes. It's a little bit different. Did, did Han, is Hans Zimmer primarily a musician? Uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer, and yes, he's he a composer. did Dunkirk? He's a composer. No, he did not direct Dunkirk, but he probably had some hand in... I'm sure Christopher Nolan was like, burr, 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 and Hans Zimmer's like, oh, this is what I do. And they probably had a couple moments like that. Okay, so I'm I'm reviewing this because Kid Cudi is primarily a musician, and then he also made an animated movie. No, go ahead, bro. Like, I'm don't let me stop you. I'm just, I just <laughs> think it's whack, but it's fine. You're stopping me. There's the, the rules of how to waste your time are loose and fly. I I've waste capped things from several episodes before. So don't don't let me <laughs> don't let me bring you down, bro. You you enjoy enjoy the music however you want. I'm gonna listen. Um, I'm listening to you. You're so gonna force me to listen to some effing song on here. I'm sure. So just because you said that, I'm changing what song I'm gonna show you. Great. Um, I'm glad I said something. I'm glad I'm I'm sure glad you said something. This is "Do What I Want" by Kid Cudi. <laughs> Do. Hey, 
the same Natural killer Born the son of feeling the pain Now it's like I'm on my super And I'm feeling them gains Been through hell and back Made it, it's a rap Can't keep a nigga down, down Baby, that's a fact And I rip it, keep it city Running through my veins 2BK, East New York And I never change I, uh, Keep my niggas close Just like I'm supposed to This is For my people to what I wrote, uh-huh. And I feel like I can do what I want. Living, 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 living. I'ma do what I want. And I feel like I can do what I want. Living, 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 living. I'ma do what I want. And I feel like I can do what I want. Living, 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 living. I'ma do what I want. Do what I want. Kid Cuddy. Um, it was the song I was going to show you. I just lied to you. Oh. Um, but that song specifically, I feel like, is its best relation to, you know, Indicud, um, Man on the Moon 2. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's homaging to those, for sure. For sure. It, it's a party song. It fits the party uh, animated uh, music video um, that it's paired with. Um, a lot of the other songs on this album are just, like, generic love songs that fit in a romantic comedy um which is unfortunate for uh mm. cuddy because mm. they're just they just lack sincerity sure like and, uh his his flavor yeah because his mystery I mean, flavor i mean y- yes anyone can make a love song and i'm sure it's very difficult to make a love song that's relatable and then also put hip-hop on it, it, it it's just uh you're you're throwing a lot of wrenches at yourself um trying to fit inside that box um but still i think this this album sounds a little bit fresher than maybe some of the newest stuff kikuddy has yeah i I haven't liked a lot of his like stuff within this in the stuff in this decade i have not enjoyed yeah especially the solo stuff so i mean are we fans of uh kanye still can i can i can we be can can i mention kidsy ghost or uh yay should I have burned my Yeezys? Did I burn? Did I burn my Yeezys? I don't know any. Um, I don't, didn't have the dilemma to make. Wasn't, about, wasn't blessed with it. How about I? I'm not going to speak upon Kanye at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't. I'm going to have to redact his name. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll 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 publicly denounce him here as well. Um, but I do want to speak on uh, Kid Cudi's work on these uh, two albums, titled Yay and titled. Uh, Kidsy Ghost, those I like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but those also have a kind of close relationship with uh, something like Mr. Rager, sure, Man on the Moon. Like they're they're uh, tonally and uh, you know similar. So well, I, I like that track you showed me. I thought that was a really really solid track, and I can imagine just like some kind of badass montage of like taking care of business as it's going on. <laughs> The video's great. The video's good. And the movie's good. What are we gonna what are we gonna rate? Yeah, the, drop uh, drop it like it's hot, bro. Drop a rating on its frickin' head. Uh nearly nearly almost clicked on another song. Mo you wouldn't wouldn't be the first time you did that. This, this. Is, this is Intergalactic's gonna be at seventy two on the Okay, Spotify. so it's, it's better than the movie. It is better than the movie. The album is better than the movie. Just by, because by two points. Uh, just because the movie is nothing new. It even looks like other things. Um, but this album does have a few songs that I can say with my whole heart, uh, do give me those, uh, nostalgic Kid Cudi feelings. No, those tingly winglies. 
I think that's what he should do for the rest of his career and not uh, do McDonald's uh, promotions. Back it up now, y'all. That is the waste cap. If any of you are not familiar, it is the segment where we review uh, one thing that our co-host reviewed in last month's episode. Uh, so last month, D-Rag brought to the table in the movie section the movie Pearl. Um, I decided to go to the movie theater. There was nothing showing that I wanted to see. Uh, well, I, I take that back. Nope was going to be shown there, but I, I ended up watching it at home. I think Pearl I could have watched it at home as well because it's been out for a minute. But it was showing there. I wanted to fulfill my um, Spooktober uh, quota, which I did. I watched five movies, five spooky movies in Spooktober. That's, uh, that's usually my quota. Um, and Pearl was one of them. It's a um, a horror movie, as we talked about last month. Um, I'm, this is going to be our spoiler chat. So if you haven't seen Pearl uh, and you plan on seeing it, ducking out right now. If you don't know what Pearl's about, um, you can you you can stick around. You can stick around, and maybe this may might might want you. Maybe go look at last month's episode. Maybe that's a little cleaner for you. You know, last month last month's discussion on Pearl will be a little bit better if you haven't seen it. But if you're thinking I maybe won't watch it, maybe will stick around. Maybe our conversation will talk about it. You need a second conversation to convince you to Pearl. This is it. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. It was great. Uh, Off the chopping block, as you might have noticed in the notes file, I gave it an eighty-one. Um, I think it's that's pretty good. I think it's great. Um, pass pass is pretty good. Um, it's it's something that is like you said Hitchcock inspired. But I would also throw in the likes of Stanley Kubrick, who I think is Hitchcock inspired himself. And I also throw in the likes. It feels like it was written by Stephen King. Yeah, which are all big compliments. You know, it reminded me a lot of Misery. Um, our our main protagonist Pearl is a legitimate psychopath. You know, she doesn't the female psychopath is a is a Stephen King uh classic for sure um she doesn't regard human life or really the life of anything um, truly there's some fun scenes um Steph thought this the scene where she's um dry humping a scarecrow was a little gratuitous I thought it was fun I liked it I liked it too liked, it's I different it for the wrong reasons probably it, it's very different what were the wrong reasons I would I would have loved to do a Pearl in Scarecrow uh, couples costume. Ooh, that'd be a great one. It'd be killer. That'd be so good because that be that Scarecrow is very human like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it. I almost thought it was gonna be a body. Yeah, it, it should have moved a little bit. It should have. That would have been fun. Um, no, it it was a good scene. I think it's just like it's it's part of Pearl to like, uh, be completely insane. Yeah, unhinged. Um, I liked I like the stuff with the what I really appreciate is that the people she killed were unjustified. Like I love that. I really didn't yes. I didn't want it to be revenge kills because the, the she's dating kind of dating the movie projectionist. Yes. And there's a there's a point where I'm like, oh, he's gonna rape her. This is gonna be really bad. And th- and that's gonna be her psychotic break. Yes. And thankfully, T West has a little bit more um, understanding of the genre and a little bit more patience to not make it so trope heavy. That she literally just kills him because he gets weirded out by her for actually being a legitimate psychopath, which I, is brilliant. Yeah, I think it's that plus kind of more of respect for the villain. Like, respect for Pearl, respect for Mia Goth. Yep. Like, yep. don't don't give them something. I mean, not necessarily, like, give them something of that caliber. Right, 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 right. But something like uh, crushing her dreams and yeah. being an actor. Right, right, right. Like, that 
that gives the character so much more weight. Yes. He's like, no, I want to be a star. I'm a star. Yes. Like That's like way more heavier. Because like, not necessarily like, oh, I'm not going to relate to, a, you know, teens sexually assaulting each other and then Jason going to killing them. Like, of course, I'm not going to uh, relate to that. But like having a dream crushed and like, that's a very human feeling to kind of like portray in your villain, your straight up villain. Um, and then like you, there's a sense of you that's like, Oh, I'm yeah, dude. I mean, she's freaking out right now. Right. But you gotta stay calm. And that's the, the monologue. I don't know if you talked about it last month. The monologue is a little bit much. I touched it. Um, it's a, it's a very, there's a, at the end of the movie, there's a very long monologue in her house where she's talking to Misty. It's, it has to be like five or six minutes of one Mm. continuous take without cutting back to Misty. It's definitely a choice. I would have liked to see Misty's face a little bit more because I felt like I wasn't very satisfied with Misty's face after the monologue was over because it's a long, that's a long time to hear one person say anything. Like just period in a conversation. I guarantee you that there's that monologue with uh, over the shoulder Misty shot. There has to be that got cut out. Yeah. There has to be that same monologue where the camera's over Pearl Mm -hmm. and it's looking directly at Misty and I just don't think maybe the actress Misty kind of like, I don't I mean, it's obviously going to be extremely difficult to sit through a five minute monologue right. where you do nothing and you just emote the whole time. Right. Um, but even when there was those shots at that table, she, I, she was in and out of it. You know what I mean? At least that actress and in, in that specific scene and that specific performance. I, so, I, it, I thought Misty was great, though. I think she was really yeah. good. Her character was awesome. Like, uh, sisters got to stay, stay together, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Her character was so fun. And even, like, to the point where, like, I don't think she got the role. I think, I don't think she was lying to Pearl when she said, I didn't get it. Like. Oh, she didn't get chosen either? No. I think it just, Pearl was just so in her head because of, the, of what, like, the casting director said, that they wanted a younger blonde. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. then they're going to hire Misty. Yeah. That's just, she's a shoe in. And Absolutely. Misty's like, no, really, Pearl, I didn't get it. And she's like, no, you got it. You don't have to lie to me. Yeah. And then eventually she's like, okay, I got it. Because she's so freaked out. And I really don't think she got it. Like, so some of that, like, I'll mind take, games. I'll take you with, like, trying to make it better. Like, I'll yep. take you with me. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can believe that. The, um, the mind games are real fun in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, what was also good, like, um. Don't leave me. I didn't do nothing wrong. Don't leave me. Like that. That's a classic line too. That I'm like, any crazy ex-girlfriends out there? Yeah. The the parent stuff was a little, um, unhinged. Um, like the corpse at the table. That's, that's, I feel like that's been done before. Mm. Um, the whole thing was, um, I guess that 81. Great. There's some stuff that was kind of off putting about the, the film. I do like the way it was, um, edited. I like the way it was filmed. I, it's definitely an homage to that era, to that Hitchcock era. It, it, there's no swearing in the movie. So again, wow, an homage to like that 1930s era, 40s, whatever, Hitchcock. Um, it's really well done. I, we're definitely going to watch X now, and we're going we're gonna to watch the, the sequel in the 80s. Um, I think X is going to be kind of goofy, considering she's, she's like a 75-year-old serial killer now. Yes. Which, because she's so young in this one, so I don't know if I'm going to be very... Seeing this one first, I don't know if that's going to be very believable for me, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the highlight of the whole movie, 
uh, was at the very end where she stares into the camera. And I think, I think the uh, TUS said, how long can you smile without blinking? Literally, that was her only direction. And so as the end credits roll, she's smiling, staring at the camera, not blinking. And so you clearly, what happens to a human body when you choose not to blink, you start, your eyes start watering, you start like shaking, like you're like, you're, you're fidgeting because you, you are trying your hardest to keep your eyes open. And I think that yeah. was the only direction and it's such like a good way to end it. it. It's totally like a break of her character. Like it's, it's, I don't think her character is doing that. I think it's just a direction from the director, but I thought it was just a lot of fun to see as like kind of almost like a goofy credit role kind of thing. Well, just, I mean, it's another layer. Another layer. All right, bro. What do you got? What do you got waste capping for me, man? We got, we got longboarding. Okay. All right. Well, longboarding that's, was that's uh, it. Glad you was rating longboarding. Longboarding was 70. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, that's the uh that's the podcast thanks guys all right one week ago bro tell tell the audience what happened at home one whole week ago one whole week ago just just be quick get in that shell bro um so uh longboarding being a passion of mine and holden's we, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we went out to our our local spot Nat- a local spot naturally we've never been there before but naturally naturally we've never been there before um i've been there before but not longboarding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um a uh, nice place, Wetlands Park in Las Vegas. Beautiful. Beautiful place. There's a great river. I yeah. saw some really nice fish. You can't fish there because I guess it's some sort of fish sanctuary. Went over a bridge that went over the river? Went over the bridge, went over a river. Mm-hmm. Um, one of us fellas uh, mm-hmm. took a semi-serious spill. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up in the ER. Mm. Ambulance or? No ambulance. The uh, the ribulance. Uh, the ribulance uh, saved the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, took his friend to the ER where he got some medicine, sat in a trauma room, and got twenty stitches in mm-hmm, his eyebrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also talk about your heroics. What was your what was your first aid heroics oh, of the yeah, scenes? Yes. yes. Um. So, um, as the helicopter was coming in, <laughs> we had just I had just. Uh, dragged you and the two longboards over the river, uh, <laughs> twelve foot deep river. I, I was referring to what was your immediate response after I fell down? Uh, I cut the sleeve off, sleeve off of not my shirt, um, <laughs> Abigail's shirt. Was she pissed? Uh, she's more upset about that. She's that's what she's most upset about. Cutting the sleeves off. Yeah. Well, it's just one sleeve. Um, I've yet to do anything else with the t-shirt. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm just fearful. Was she mad? Did she just wonder why you didn't do it off your own shirt that you were wearing? Um, well, I was. I mean, it's it's a shirt that she got in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, she went and visited her friend who uh just graduated Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a shirt she bought from a surf shop, and uh, it's it's just a large long sleeve crew neck shirt. We both fit, but technically it's her shirt. Mm-hmm. It sits in my closet. Whatever. Um, I was just wearing it and I was like, oh man, I need something to cover my friend's face. Right. Yeah. No, I was bleeding. I was Um, bleeding real bad. I didn't know how bad I was bleeding until I looked down at my arm. I mean, it's a solid like two inch, uh, uh, moon shaped gash above your eyebrow. Yeah. Left eyebrow. I kind of roll up and I look at it. I'm like, that's, that's trouble. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, that's trouble in a terrorist town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, so I, there's like a few options I have here. It's like 
take my shirt off. Didn't want to do that. Um, there's my hoodie. Um, but I didn't want to cut my hoodie and it's too heavy right. kind of to cut anyway. Right. I could sit there and saw at it for two minutes. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, this thin crew neck, uh, sleeve would work perfect. Yep. Pop a little, I mean, just the tiniest little pocket knife and cut through it like butter. Nice. I was like, this is a great, like it's, it's half of a sleeve. This is not too much damage. Right. Right. It's not irreversible damage. Right. I, I, I hit you with the, I had, you got some for me? Well, I, was, I was bleeding out. I was like, you got some for yeah. me? And you're like, yeah, hold on. And I, I, I knew I, I put me at peace. Put me at ease. <laughs> okay. See, that's all I need to hear. Because when I, when I tell Abby like, Hey, Holden took a bad spill. He's going to have some stitches in his face. She's like, Oh man, I'm sorry about that. And then I'm like, I uh, used my shirt and she's like, what shirt? And I'm like, mm, this shirt. She's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like not, not that anyone's you, hurt. I, I do. I remember immediately you're like, Oh, Abby's going to be pissed as you're cutting into it. You said Abby's yeah. going to be pissed. Yeah. Like as I I'm mean, bleeding out, I just know she's going to be pissed. I'm cutting this shirt up. But I mean, it worked really well. It did. I would say it worked really well. Um, not just in its actual uh, work as a gauze to mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hold your mm-hmm. face together. Yep, 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 yep. Um, to calm you down, to help you out, dude. Yeah, no, no, it, it totally worked. And I, I remember the both the ER and the urgent care we went to, they both said that was smart to put pressure on it, and that was the way to put pressure on it. So yeah. that I was mean, that I, was first I, aid response right there. I can't be. Uh, I can't be. Um, I can't regret those actions at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'll let the listeners know at home I wasn't wearing a helmet. So this is your reminder. If you're going to go out somewhere, wear a helmet. Um, it was a double hill into an S-curve, and it just um, came out of nowhere. And I got the speed wobbles, and the board let out underneath me, and I ate asphalt for, like, half a foot. Um, my face took most of the impact. So I, <laughs> since that week, I, I, and I, got, I got a black eye from hell where my eye was completely shut, and I couldn't open it. Since that week, um, I have not thought about, I have not stopped thinking about going back there. So I'm, I'm going to go stupid with pads. I'm going to go helmet, knee pads, elbow pads, and I'm going to wear the hand guard things too. Some wrists, some wrist action. Yeah, something so I can like, and I want to get used to like falling a little bit with them first. And then I want to take, I want to just take, because that was like the start of like it getting good too. That was like the most unsatisfying part is like we had been running around for like an hour uh, like a full hour for a full hour and it was real like flat like or uphill or uphill like it just wasn't a great riding and then that, this was like the start of the trail like the first big hill and i just could not hang and i saw deer i take it and so i followed him could not hang very well, unfortunate yeah that's the other thing is like when i went through it i also was a little wobbly and just didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. but i think that was the thing is like I don't know my body. It's like if I, my body and that board, mm-hmm. if I kind of stand up and I, like you see me, I raise my arms. Yeah, your arms are out. You're like a it just it just makes scarecrow. My, it makes my gravity kind of just in a straight line. Yeah, so I, it, I got low, so it doesn't go over either side of the trucks. Yeah, I don't know if you're just too tall to do that. I feel like uh, I think your your other your other option for speed wobbles is to like literally like buckle over your knees yeah whatever all right we're going back we'll have a part two uh p2 p2 P2. wetlands park gonna go gonna go stupid with the pads because i ain't doing that shiz again freaking 20 stitches got removed my face there i'm looking okay now it's it's gonna be a gnarly scar but whatever it won't be too bad bad. but i don't think the hair and the eyebrows gonna grow back right 
Um, it's going to be funky. I don't know. It's it's you got bushy eyebrows, dude. I yeah, I mean, but I think it's going to be like obvious that one's cut short. It's I don't know if it's going to be like a like the fade. It's I don't know if it's going to be like the cool like oh you got the the little, little, dash. little dash in your eyebrows. I don't think it's gonna be like that. I think it's just gonna be like, oh, this eyebrow's like missing the back end, basically, because that's that's out of my face. Um, okay, that's all the show we got for you um, <laughs> this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, be sure to join the Draft Punks Discord. Post on the uh, How to Waste Your Time channel. We will be posting this episode there. You can discuss anything you liked about this episode or anything you want to like about a future episode, and we will respond. We will both be on there and we'll be active. Love you guys. Bye. Be, be safe. Be.